Anyone can talk football. Not everyone can do it East Coast style. The East Coast Gridiron Podcast, starting now. All right, welcome back. What is this week? Episode thirty nine. We're not going by weeks. Episode thirty nine. Episode thirty nine, man. As you guys see, we got a special guest in the house today. But before we get to that, this has been a crazy week of events up to this point, and we got some topics that we got to get into when it comes to the news and everything. But first of all, let me introduce my lovely co-host as. you know, as everybody knows, the stats guru himself, Don. Yes, sir. Live from Maryland. And a longtime friend of mine. We we actually used to manage the kitchens together, mopping the <laughs> floors, dropping the hush puppies, <laughs> slicing the meats. Got my man, as as people know him as uh, Big Mike, but he's turning into Little Mike slowly, but surely in front of my eyes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a little bit smaller than what I used to be. Yeah. Uh, But anyways, man, we got an action-packed show for you guys today, and everybody knows me on everybody's favorite couch quarterback. You already know what the deal is. Uh, We're going to go ahead and just jump right into it. Um, We could recap week seven, but before we do that, I just want to throw in a couple different topics here. Oh, yeah, please do. As you see on the screen, my man Ed Ogeron. Yes. Uh, they said that he's going to be let go at the end of the season. Why the change of events? Why do you think this is happening, Don? They're Dude, looking pretty good now. Uh, yeah, they've had a couple decent games. Uh, their game last week was was really looking uh, brighter. But uh, my goodness, some of the stuff you're hearing about this guy. Ooh. Uh, yeah, let's man. not get into detail. You guys can read it up yourselves, but yeah, let's you know. just say it's, it's definitely questionable, and I can see why uh, LSU is not too sure about it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> he's trying to be oh. a good guy without being a dirt bag, but turning out yes. to be a dirt bag that's trying yes. to be a good guy all at the same time. <laughs> Mike, what's your thoughts on this, man? I know you're down there in, in North Kakalaki. You're closer to uh, Louisiana than us, but how's yeah, but the-, the bad? The bad thing is, is you're talking to a guy that's not an LSU fan to begin with. <laughs> yeah. So anything that can go against LSU, I'm not going to argue with. Too bad. You're right. Um, but the thing of it is, is my understanding is if everything that they're saying is true, and all the stuff that's going on, why are they giving him to the end of the year? Is it trying to be like a mutual, trying to act like it's mutual or? Is he involved in these yeah. NFL emails is the real question. <laughs> <laughs> Who I mean, knows? That, that, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like if the man, I mean, it's kind of like, I guess the way that I look at it is it's like putting in a job application somewhere else before you quit your other job. Yeah. He is off I mean, of what less than three years since they won a national championship, and now this is happening to him. So, it is uh it, from that aspect, it's pretty crazy to think about that. Not only did you just take Joe Burrow and those boys to the national championship, and by by all means, let's let's call the ball a ball, strike a strike, right? There we go. The Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Joe yes. Burrow, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Patrick Queen, Grant Delpit, all those guys. Coming from LSU, that was a by far one of the most stacked teams that we're probably ever going to see. 
And could any coach have coached that team? Maybe. But they last year, they sucked. This year, they started off a little slow. They're getting a little hotter as the, the weeks have gone on. But I can't not look at this and say that it's going to not be a distraction for the players yes. going forward. So why yeah. not just get rid of them right now and just keep the season going is the real question. So I'm just curious to see what the recruiting is going to do because – I mean, he's the selling point. The head coach most time is the selling point. Right. I mean, minus jersey colors, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. An 18-year-old kid. Sure. I mean, the coach That's why Oregon biggest. is so good. Do I fit, yeah. Do I fit in? Yeah. 150 different, you know, types of jersey and uniform combinations. I mean, shoot, if, I wanna, if I'm 18, I want to look good going out on the field. But, I mean, you got LSU that you're going there for SEC football and to play for Ed. And by all accounts, let's just call it what it is. I mean, a lot of people think, including my dad, that those are the best jerseys in NCAA. Oh. I don't know. No, but no, no. I, I I personally, we could get into jersey talks on another episode, <laughs> but I personally think that the way that Under Armour has done Auburn's jerseys, where they just made small tweaks to them, I think Auburn's navy with the white pants with the white helmets still look tough to me but you know it is what it is uh but like i said we're not here to talk about the jersey colors and which ones that we like more it's just this is very i think it's very strange but as the news keeps unraveling it seems like he's just trying to be a young dude in the older guy's <laughs> body man yeah uh, i can't fault much. the guy for trying to trying to have fun and by all accounts too some of the women that are being involved in this, they're not, they shouldn't be getting away with, with murder either. Like can't be laid up with the dude and then be like, Oh no. Uh, you know, he's 69 years old and <laughs> I got with him cause he's the LSU coach. This dude apparently was inviting these, these girls to practices <laughs> with their, with their kids. Yeah, with the kids. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's bold, man. Let's just give it, let's give it yeah. to him. But, I mean, at this point, you know he's going to go back and be like, "Thank you, Urban Meyer." Yeah, I mean, Urban wow. Urban Meyer is like glad the pressure's off of me. Ed is messing up. Then yep. you got David yep. Baker, which we'll get into that a little later, and then oh, you got yeah. John Gruden. Like, dang, yeah. So, ah, oh, man, Ed Orgeron, we wonder what you're going to do, man. Just uh, go to a school that's going to embrace your youngness. But you know, to me, he's just trying to live his life man <laughs> and it's just gonna be weird for him to say anything else than go tigers mm. think about it yeah go what if he goes to i don't know uh kansas state or something go wildcats like that almost i don't even sound right let's move on to the next thing all right <laughs> we, we could talk we could talk about him all day but this is the other topic that i wanted to get into recent news that came out washington yep. state's head coach Nick Rolovich just got fired due to his vaccine status. Now, we are not a political show by any means, but even Cam Newton is getting his vaccine. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. I'm all about freedom of choice and everything, but in this day and age, if you want to be the coach, if you really love football, it's just some certain precautions you got to take. Hey, it's not anybody's business. My, my job was requiring me to, to get the vaccine. Um... Yes, sir. I, I guess I got to follow the rules on this one. But, you know, what, Don, I, I know 
you're a little different when it when it comes to most of this stuff by re, by a reasonable account though what was your thoughts on this when you heard the news do you agree do you disagree are you indifferent where are you at on this one well um I think you hit it pretty solid there with nowadays there are certain things that have to be done. Um, this is a decision by the school, uh, by the NCAA. If they make those rule changes, then those rules are in effect. Um, just like any company out there, if they make these changes right now, there's no law making them do it. There is no written law, no OSHA requirement making them to do it. They're doing it on their own free will. And yep. if they choose if they choose to change that, then yes, the employees have to follow along. Do I agree with it? Not in every case. No, I don't. But this is this is going across every sport and it should not be a surprise whatsoever. I and Mike, before I get to you, I think the the only thing that I feel differently about is like in my case, right? Nobody's business on what I do on a on a daily basis just just say that I'm in that healthcare care world right now. So, but I'm primarily work from home. Yep. I never go into the office, maybe once every blue moon or whatever. Why am I required to get it? Even if I didn't want to, I understand that it's like the medical field standard. You know, you got to play in the playpen where everybody else is playing with shovels and knives and, and sticks. Right. <laughs> but I, I get it from that standpoint. But in his case, you're around a bunch of people all the time. Students, student athletes, yep. other adults that are helping with the team, boosters, yep. you know, at, you know, administrators all over the place. So I understand it from that aspect. It's like, okay, I got to be respectful of everybody else. And I understand that this is the mandate that I have to follow. Yep. In our case, Don, I feel a little yeah. differently. But <laughs> Mike, yeah. what's your thoughts on this, man? I mean, I, I get it to a certain extent. I mean, kind of like you're saying, you work from home. I mean, it should go back to your choice. This guy's out recruiting. He's yep. around people that's yep. recruiting. He's traveling nonstop. I, I can see where people would say, yes, you should get it. But at the same, in the same breath, it's one of those. They they were also doing the doing the test every week, did the weekly testing on him, and if he comes down point. with it, then you know, sit out. You got you got a quarantine just like everybody else. We just say Cliff Kingsbury do it. Yeah, right. same thing. Exactly. I mean, and I, I may be wrong, but I want to say that they said that he's fully vaccinated. So I mean, it, it it's one of those. I don't know. I it's kind of a weird thing for me because I feel like if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. I mean, in a line of work that he's in, where he's traveling all the time around hundreds of people throughout a week. And then having to go from school to school and state to state and everything else, then I mean, if that's what it's just the school says the policy is, it's yep. what the policy is. And it's yep. just res it, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, at, at the end of the day, if if you want your paycheck and you want to stay safe and keep your kids safe, your football players, because at the end of the day, the football players is what's making you your money. The better you can keep your players there and keep them healthy and keep them strong and perform the way they should. And I mean, if you can prevent them from getting sick, I mean, why not? I mean, going above and beyond what the NIL is about and people getting paid off of that. Cause I know somebody will make some weird way of like that. It's going to be intertwined in this whole conversation as well. But the, the matter of the fact is, is like, 
these kids are on scholarship and you know even the higher the higher the caliber of player the more money that they're going to make of course i'm not necessarily saying that the kicker is going to be making any type of money from his name image or likeness whatsoever but what i am saying is that these kids are still <laughs> they still have their parents that they got to worry about and you know who knows how they exactly feel about it as you know an actual human being as well like oh my coach is not vaccinated i might not want to go play for them because my beliefs are different than that you know i don't think anybody is disagreeing with the fact that that we don't feel better around people that are vaccinated um i i think that's kind of standard across the board but you know, I, I feel like maybe some parents might be able to influence somebody's, uh, you know, status of going to that specific school because the coach is not vaccinated or maybe they feel like they he doesn't or she doesn't care about their their players or the people around them as much as the next person. That could influence a lot of recruiting from here on out, too. So could look at it like that. But uh, am I surprised? No, not at this point when there's a mandate no. in place. Uh, does it suck? Yeah, because it makes you feel like that there's not really freedom of choice out there. And like I said, we're not a political show, but we always draw the line right in the middle. We see both sides. And what do we do, Don? We call a ball a ball and a strike a strike. <laughs> um, so let's get into the football stuff. We had to get through that news because those are the two things that got brought up. And I felt like it was important to talk about, especially uh, Coach <laughs> Nick Rilovich being uh, fired. Um, but uh, we hope Washington State continues to have a uh, decent season and um, – Hope this doesn't do anything but but motivate the next coach to step into place. Because now you're in a spot where it's next man up. Show him that you want that job. Now let's move over to our recap of week number seven of the NCAA. Yes, sir. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. There's been some crazy games that have happened. Things have not turned out the way that we expected them to at this point. Um, and we just got to recap. It's the it's midseason. And we got some superlative things that we're going to get into. But, Don, let's get into our first game that we picked. Uh, one of the uh, – not not before we get to the big game, but let's get to one of the smaller games. It's still a ranked game by uh, oh, yeah. NC State's uh, caliber. But, oh, dang, I had the I had the score flipped around. It was actually 33-7 to the uh, <laughs> North Carolina State, not to Boston College. But, as you see, got Don's pick up there in NC State. Got my pick yep. at Boston College. I thought they were just going to come through. They were at home, yep. and I uh, pull out a win. I told you that the quarterback issue was a thing that I didn't really know how that was going to fit into place, and uh, they got stomped on, to say say yep, the least. <laughs> so, so Mike, that was in your neck of the woods. What you hear? Well, not you're not in Raleigh, but close enough, right? You're still in North Carolina. You know, NC State's one of those teams that, you know, you want to pull for them. You you want to you want them to have a good season at the end of the day. Yeah. But unfortunately, they're just that team that they're always a couple pieces short. And, and since Russell Wilson was there, since Philip Rivers was there, they've had some good players come out of there. They're a good program. There's you know they're a steady program, but they're that team that's always going to end your bold dreams. It just seems like they're always that. One went away from being on the top tier, but then they just they just can't get it together. It seems like, but Boston College, man, they Boston College just 
poor Boston College. That's all I can say. Just poor Boston College. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while they come up with an upset. And same with North Carolina State's reputation has been that for several years. They just go and upset teams that are not supposed to get upset. But they're ranked for the first time in a very long time. And um, we're starting. And they creeped up there in the top 20 this week. So uh, aren't they number 19 now from, from all accounts? Let me go ahead and look at my financial calculator here. <laughs> uh, the NC State is ranked number 18. Yep. So I was, I was right. I was right on the button. So, Don, what was your thoughts on this, man? You pulled out another win on me. Gosh dang it. Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, it, it was an interesting game. I mean, both guys, both teams were similar records. NC State's now five and one. Mm-hmm. Boston College is now four and two. When you looked at the stat highlights, they weren't that far apart. I mean, North Carolina State put up 381 total yards of offense, 251 passing, 130 rushing. So they averaged about 6.6 yards per play where Boston College put up only 291 yards of offense, 194 passing, 97 rushing, and only 4.2 yards per play. But when you look at the sum of everything that was done, North Carolina State, their offense was balanced. The run run pass was pretty balanced, and it was mistake-free. Boston College had a fumble, an interception, and trouble sustaining drives. Uh, yep, and I thought just at this point that Boston College was going to be the one to upset the upsetter, and uh, it didn't end up being that way. I know they got a little bit of a quarterback controversy out there at, with Boston College too, but um, no, by all accounts, NC State's looking good. I I think this year is just a it's a complete mess on who to expect to be at the top, and we're going to get into our mid-season what we think is going to happen at the end of the season how the yeah. rankings are going to be like but um and i'm sure a lot of people are going to be surprised by all of our lists because <laughs> um, all of them are way different um but we have our reasonings and um i don't no, not by any account do i see nc state making it to even you know a, a acc championship this year but uh, who knows, man? They're, they're looking really good. I just wish they'd take that ugly logo off the side of their helmet and put the NC <laughs> the NC and the ST back on there. But, you know, like I said, we're not here to debate what, what the schools uh, look like. Um, the next game that we had to, to pick here was uh, <laughs> Georgia and Kentucky. What did I say, Don? This game was going to be much closer than it's going to appear to be. And yep. Kentucky came in to play, man. I just think... Georgia showed their dominance. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that at the end of the game, no matter, no, and not people call it garbage time all the time, but no matter how it was, if there was two more quarters to play in the game, I believe Kentucky would have made this closer. I believe they wanted it to the very end. Their coach did not make them let up. They came down and scored that last, last minute touchdown just to prove that they can do it. And I think that to me as a head coach, and getting that team riled up together is proven that we can go out there against the number one team and still score on them, regardless if Georgia was the let up or not. And maybe that was a fall to Kirby Smart. I shouldn't have, I, you know, you shouldn't let a team just go down and just score on you because you guys have already won the game. Like show your dominance throughout the whole game because if you let up like that against somebody in like Alabama in the SEC championship, 
it's gonna two minutes is gonna sound like forever against a team like Alabama. Um, but I like what Kentucky was doing. I think what do we say that they shouldn't drop less than fifteen or sixteenth in the rankings, and they're right there at fifteen right. this week. Right, and uh, deservedly so. I think Kentucky is a really good team. I, I like the way they they turned around, and them and Tennessee doing okay now. And Mississippi State, you know, every once in a while they can. The SEC is not a conference to play with, especially this year. They're all good in their own accounts. Let's let's call it like it is. Uh, Don, what was your thoughts on this man? Um, and I got something to say about the quarterback situation coming up. I got to address that, but I'll get you and Mike's uh, opinions on this first. But uh, good pick this week, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we both got that one this week. Uh, you know the numbers are hard to hard to argue with. I mean, Georgia put up 416 total yards, 250 passing, 166 rushing. You imagine averaging 8.9 yards per play. That's, that's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kentucky put up 243 total yards, 192 passing, 51 rushing, 3.5 per play. Clean game, no fumbles, no interceptions. It was just too hard for them to move the ball against Georgia's defense and too hard to stop the offense. Like you said, Dante, Georgia just showed their dominance, and and that's what it was. That's all it was. Mike, what was what was your thoughts on the game? Man, I, I was pulling for Kentucky. I, I, I love to see the underdog go down there and knock a number one off as long as my team is not the number one team, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, it. what it reminded me of – was the bigger brother beating up the little brother. But wait till little brother gets big. Yep. Little brother's coming back in the next couple of years, and they're going to upset somebody. I mean, we might we might be talking about them in the top top three next year with Georgia and Alabama. You never know. I, I So would you guys agree with me here? And this might be, this might be a hot take, but – I mean, people know me to say things that are pretty unorthodox. I wouldn't say that they're hot takes because by all accounts this year, I want to say I'm like at a 90% percentage of being right about a lot of things that I, that people thought were hot takes, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I, I think if you match up Kentucky and Cincinnati right now, I think Kentucky pulls out the win. Would you say that? Do you agree or disagree with that statement? Hey, you know, that might come down to who's the home team. It's it's that close. That's a good point. You know, because I, I could see each team winning in certain cases. So I, I would say whoever's home team would take that game. If they could keep Cincinnati's quarterback in the pocket and keep him from getting out and moving around a little bit, Kentucky might do it. Yeah. yeah, Mike's a, Mike's a big Desmond Ritter fan, and we'll get into that a little later. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, you gotta, I, you got to what? You get, you got to keep that. It, he's like Russell Wilson, man. You got to keep him in the pocket. Once he gets out, and moves around a little bit. <laughs> Look at his back. <laughs> yeah, I I think Cincinnati's a really good team. I, I it's I'll get into it once we get into the top twenty five, but. Yeah. Just to, just to go back to uh, what I was saying about the quarterbacks, um, there, you know, not saying any names, but a, a lot of comments were made on the backup coming in and JT Daniels being out, and you know how Kirby Smart is handling that situation. 
JT Daniels is hurt. PCL sprain. Uh, uh, they're they're concerned about his labrum uh, labrum right now. Um, on his throwing, I believe it's on his throwing arm for what they last said. But by all accounts, you got to protect this dude. Like NFL scouts, they're only going to care when they <laughs> when he's out there actually performing. He's already showed what he's about. Kirby Smart's in a really good situation where he's got two starting quarterbacks right now. Yep. A head coach at that caliber of school right now, you got to feel great if one of them goes down that the other one has stepped up like they did. Um, They're interchangeable like Legos right now. Uh, You know, Bennett has been killing it right now. Uh, Bennett or um, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank on his name. Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett I was right I couldn't think of yeah. his first name I, I don't know why I said Barnett but Stetson Bennett has been lights out I mean right now they're talking about him being in the Heisman conversation from what a, what he's exactly done to this point he's on a stack team of course but like I said Kirby's got to feel pretty good that he could put somebody else in and, and JT can heal up um they're not under contract. They're not making any money, you know, outside of NIL. They're not making any money. Right. They're not obliged to the school at any point in time. And you'd have to be stupid not to be an NFL scout and be like, we're totally going to ignore what JT Daniels has done up to this point. He's not talented. We're going to go after yeah. Stetson Bennett instead. Like, they don't care about that. If they cared, then Trey Lance wouldn't have got drafted in the first round. The dude sat the whole year after one game. Like, people, just understand the fact <laughs> that when there's talent out there, people are not going to ignore it. Right. We've seen it plenty of times that quarterbacks have come in and have gotten hurt and end up still getting drafted pretty high because people understand that there's talent there. He's already showed what he can do. Has nothing to do. And there's not been an official report where they've come out and said that JT Daniels has been benched for Stetson Bennett. If JT is ready to go in, he's dressed for every single game just in case something goes crazy. To me, that tells me if I was in Stetson's place, I'm not the number one guy because why is he dressed right now? He's there for an emergency situation to come in and play and win that game for him if you can't do it. So I don't want to hear none of this other crap about like, oh, he's not the starter. Kirby has not come out and said that. He said he's he's resting his guy. To get better. That's a great coach to me. You're in a great situation. Don't don't change what you're doing. Any final thoughts on this game? And we'll move on to the AP Top 25. No. All right. <laughs> I know I don't said a handful. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's get into the AP Top 25. Starting with number 25, Purdue. Pulling out the upset win over Iowa. <laughs> Holy crap. They seem to do this every couple years, too. Remember the upset win over Ohio Ohio State? State. Yep. So they snuck up there in the top 25. Um, They're sitting there at, I believe they're 3-2 and or 4-2 and right now. 4-2, yeah. um, So they're sitting pretty good because a lot of these teams are 4-2 and uh, going into the season. So if they they pull out a couple more wins, you know, when we start getting into our – you know, our CFP top tens for each one of us and what it should look like at the end of the season. I got some stats that I'm going to go through and tell you how much of a gauntlet the Big Ten is this year um, and how it's just going to flip itself on his head. Any thoughts on Purdue's win? 
Tomorrow, pretty. I was, I was born for <laughs> Iowa, so I mean, <laughs> I mean, to, all of us were. <laughs> Yeah. I, but Iowa does I mean, this. They're, them and Iowa State. No, I'm sorry. Them and Utah are the same school when it comes to this crap, man. I did not expect that at a home game for Iowa. <laughs> no. Yeah, that just shows me that, you know, their team got a little bit too comfortable. That's what it was. And, and, th- and what's bad is they just come off beating Penn State. At yeah, like, exactly. You you got oh we got this we got no you didn't have this yep <laughs> and not U- at all University of Texas San Antonio's right up there at twenty four wow how about that is that the first time ever they've been in the top twenty five I need to I need to look at that stat because I ain't never seen them in the top twenty five <laughs> ever twenty three Pittsburgh out there with uh one of the Heisman favorites at quarterback um they're rolling. Uh, San Diego State's been there for a couple weeks now, so we expected right. them to move up a little bit. I have, I don't know why I have 25, 24, 23, 24, 23. <laughs> I messed up on the graphic. Hey, it's all good. SMU, uh, Southern Methodist University, they always seem to, sne- yep, to sneak in always in the top 25. Baylor, me and Don love the Baylor train right now. They're, hey, they're sneaking up there. at home. I just I worry about them on the road a little bit. Yep. Uh, Auburn, they got a quarterback controversy going down there, but they're ranked at number 19. Um, they're one of the schools that I would circle and say that their ranking right there is a little flawed, but, um, Hey, they play in the sec. I think that's what it is. Uh, (laughs) NC state number 18, Texas A&M number 17. They're climbing back up. Uh Oh, look at it right there. Mike's neck of the woods. That Wake Forest Demon Deacons. <laughs> Undefeated Deacons. So check this out, right? If Wake Forest and Kentucky were to play right now, they oh, get Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky would smash them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then on the <laughs> other side of that, on the Kentuckys in front of them, Coastal Carolina. I think they would go down to Myrtle Beach and smash them too. But, you know, you know, Carolina's yeah. rolling. They just had to run the table and they'll be fine. Um, Notre Dame, thirteen. They always seem they're going they're going to creep up in the in the top five again. Watch, <laughs> and they're going to upset somebody. Uh, Mike, are you a are you a Notre Dame fan? Or are you as much as a hater as we are too? Overrated joint a conference, please. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> My gosh, you know if, yeah. if I got to pick for Tech to play every week, you know I would win too. <laughs> they don't even have a football team, so I would win. I mean, join a conference, put your big boy pants on, and play football. You know what? Matter of fact, join the SEC and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. You'll be down there with Vanderbilt real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, Vanderbilt is ooh, they're booty, they're hot booty butt cheeks right now. Um, <laughs> you see mine? Yeah. I have no love loss for them. Yep. <laughs> um, Ole Miss right there at twelve. I think they are worse. Without, if Matt Corral was not on that team, if Matt Corral was not there. I swear to goodness, they wouldn't even be ranked. They'd be a top no. fifty team at best. And we'll get into Matt Corral a little later. Yeah, <laughs> Iowa. Wow, they took a big slip down, uh, but deservedly so. You lost against Purdue. Uh, you're sitting there at eleven. Oregon is, you know, they're staying around there in that nine ten range right now. Uh, Michigan State. Has had some close games too. They're sitting there at nine. 
this is another one that if I had to look at the other side of the fence, Penn State would beat the brakes off of Oklahoma State. I'm just saying. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I think they've been kind of running the table. They got some close wins in there that, yeah. you know, and they've just been sneaking up there because the Big 12 is the most confusing conference, big big Power 5 conference in the NCAA. Well, who's Big 12 and who's SEC in that conference at this point? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, or what's going to be, yeah. you know. Yeah, this is future. true. Yeah. Um, Penn State, dude, they've, they've proved to me that they should be a top 10 team. I've been saying it up to this point that I didn't think they were even top 15. And they've gone through the gauntlet, and the rest of their season is going to be a gauntlet too. So if they end up surviving that, you might be able to see them in the top four. Uh, Michigan is another school that these, these big 10 schools that we're going to name here in a row, they all have a gauntlet and they all play each other. I believe, um, yep. Michigan, John Harbaugh's up or is it Jim, Jim Harbaugh's up there trying to, uh, turn that program around. There's a lot of pressure on them, but let's be realistic about it. They haven't had a bad season yet. They just have not done what people are expecting them to do was win a national championship. They haven't beat Ohio State. Yep. And this might be the year where they might do it. Yep. Ohio, it might be. Ohio State is sitting there at number five. They have a quarterback controversy up there, too. Alabama, Bryce Young and those boys are rolling, except for when they lost <laughs> recently. <laughs> um, and then you got Oklahoma sitting there at number three. Caleb Williams. Yeah. Say Woo! the name. <laughs> Caleb Williams looked good in his first game, man. Spencer Rattler couldn't wait to get back to his dorm and transfer portal. <laughs> man. He was like, he was on his keyboard man. quick. I got to get out of here, man. Um, Cincinnati, well-deserved, man. Run the table the rest of the season. You'll find yourself in the college football playoff unless Condoleezza Rice and them boys vote you out. Um. <laughs> Uh, and then you got you got Georgia sitting there at number one. No question, they are the number one team yes. in the country. Any disagreements on this list, gentlemen? Before we move on to our preseason, our midseason predictions, you're not gonna like what I got to say about Oklahoma. Well, what do you got to say about them? I, I'm I not. Don't I, think I don't think they are who they say they are. I agree. I mean, when you got Texas, okay, take the rivalry away. You got that was Texas a good-ass game, too. <laughs> it, it was a really good game. Yep. But if you're a Texas fan, you get up by – what did they get up by, 28, I think it was? Mm-hmm. They scored 14 points in the first three minutes of the game, and then you let that go? Yep. I mean, maybe they should have just took the Panthers playbook on that one and said, just just hold, just dig your cleats in and hold still. We, we got this. But that's a whole nother – the panther thing that's just uh but yeah, yeah oklahoma i got a feeling that they're gonna i would not be surprised if oklahoma state went up there and beat them okay don you got I any surprise just got a feeling you got any surprises on this list or anybody you think should be in there no i mean if if i was ranking i don't think i would do it this exact way but you know they're they are where they are for a reason and they're moving up when the people lose. So everything's falling pretty much the right way. Uh, most teams are where they belong. There are a couple, I think, pretenders in here. 
that aren't going to stay in the top 10 by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But right now, they're probably where they deserve to be. Hey, Don, what's your thoughts? Yeah, you like this new format that I got here? It's pretty cool, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool, huh? All right. So, uh, yeah, man, a- the AP Top 25 has changed so so much this year. I think this has to be the most movement we've ever seen. Yeah. And like been a lot. the last 20 years, at, at least. Um, it's been It's been pretty crazy. I mean, just think about all the teams that we have up here purdue utsa um i'm not gonna say san diego state or smu sometimes they sneak in there but wake forest and kentucky and coastal carolina nc state and cincinnati is still the biggest shocker out of all of these but dude this is this is crazy i would have never if if i was to go back 20 years ago and said ranked the AP top 25 in 20 years. This is not what I would expect it to look like. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Time to go to the fun part of the show. So I asked my guys here to give me some predictions on what your top 10 will look like at the end of the season. We're going to give our reasons why and what our college football top four would look like. We could choose a winner. We cannot. We can explain how the bracket will look, but we're more going to be focused on the top 10 and the reasons why we put our schools there. Don, I got you up first, my man. Okay. I'll go from uh, 10 on up. Uh, Oklahoma State, I think, is going to hang in there and just barely make the top 10. Like you said, they've had some very close wins. There's a couple games they should have lost and they didn't. So I just – I wasn't even going to put them in the top ten, but I think they'll make it. At number nine, Michigan State, and that's only, only because of their schedule. I see a loss coming very quickly, but they will hang around that top ten, even with the loss, win the rest of the way out most likely, and finish at nine. Penn State um, – yeah, I can see another loss coming for sure. Could be two. The Big Not Ten sure. plays gauntlets, man. The rest yeah. of the season. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting. But I do like what they've done so far, and I have them squeaking it in an eight. I do have Iowa at seven. I haven't lost total faith in them. They did beat Penn State. That's why I put them one ahead. Uh, Michigan. Michigan's got an interesting remaining schedule. They are going to do very well. I'm not sure if they take down Ohio State. At mm. this point, at this point, I have Ohio State ahead of them just for that reason. Those two could flip flop. Cincinnati, this is assuming they can pretty much run the table. If they lose, it'll be a very close loss. I don't buy them being a top three team when you look at all this competition, so I put them at four. Alabama, not likely to have another loss until the end of the season. They are vulnerable. They could, but 
they're just too strong not to have in the top three. Oklahoma, I mean, I like the change of quarterback, and I think that's going to be a positive for the team. I think the team's going to rally around it. I don't think they're, they would normally be at number two, but I think because of that, it's going to push them to number two. They got a driving force now. Georgia, Georgia's just too good on both sides of the ball right now. They got right. number one. So your CFP would be Georgia versus Cincinnati. Jeez, that's going to be a barn yes. burner. Exactly. And then, well, not a barn burner, but <laughs> very one-sided affair. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. And then the, the the game to watch out for with the change of quarterback, as long as Caleb Williams does well, would be Oklahoma versus Alabama. So, correct. With that being said, your bracket would be spread out like that. Who are the two team? Oh, uh, well, who are the two teams that are making it out of their games? And who's your national championship winner if it was to end today? Uh well, I just, I I'll tell you right now, Georgia. I would take obviously over Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma, Alabama would be really hard to pick. I would, I would still give the edge to Bama just because of who they are. But either one, either one of those teams, if they won, I have Georgia going out the rest of the year, winning the whole thing. So this would be unprecedented, right? Well, it's happened before, but we would see this again where Georgia and Alabama inevitably plays each other yep. in the SEC championship and then they get the votes to be yep. you know seated the way that they are going into the college football playoff and then bam we have a Georgia Alabama yep. <laughs> game again in the SEC regardless of where it goes they reign again so yep. i i could i could definitely see it going that way this i think this top 10 is solid um okay. cuz you got Oklahoma who's going to run the table Michigan State, Penn State, Iowa, Michigan, and Ohio State is five in a row of of Big Ten schools. Remember when we talked about it at the beginning of the season, who would be a competing conference to the SEC yep. if everything was to stop today? This just yep. proves it right there. The Big Ten is very I, – I said that there was one slip-up. If Florida State, Clemson, and Virginia Tech are not doing well in the ACC, it leaves the door open for the Big Ten, and that's exactly what we got here. Uh, yep. Mike, what's your thoughts on this Big Ten or his uh, top ten, man? Yeah, I, I agree with it. I mean, it's one of those um, dollar – I can't remember, but I'm wanting to say that I got Notre Dame somewhere squeaking in there just because it's Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, they'll they'll find a way. Yeah. Um, but, but the top four, yeah, for sure. It, the reason I like seeing, seeing Cincinnati in there is just because of the fact that it's not – one of the top four atypical teams. Yes, that you see every single year. Yep. This year they're like forced said, to put them there. If they run the table, yeah. they're forced to put them there. It just is yep. what it is. And if the committee doesn't, people are going to lose their minds. Oh, absolutely. Well, I, the whole thing of it is, is so I think Cincinnati. Let's. I remember a couple episodes ago you was talking about, like we was talking about having the smaller schools say that. Oh, we should be able to have a bid in there. I'm sorry, the use. They're great schools. They they have good football programs. Everything else, you got your TCUs, you got your UCFs. You right. know, you've got your smaller schools like that. And it's like, well, we went undefeated. We should be able to go there. You're not going to keep up with Alabama. You're not going to keep up with the Clemson of the last couple of years. You're not going to keep up with Georgia. You're you're a good school. You're a good team, but you just you don't have it to keep up with yeah and i'll and i'll move on from here i'll get to my list next but 
the the thing about that yeah mike i agree with you there i i i think the fact too why they're so hesitant to put them there is because if you see georgia and cincinnati and, and georgia plays them and they they beat the like they beat the living crap out of them then it's gonna be yeah. like it's and having the human human interactions with each other and not not being done by computers people are gonna be like well, we should never do this again because not only does it not look good, um, the school itself is they're going to lose recruits real fast, and it's just not going to be good for Absolutely. for college football in general. So, but on the on the other side is what I always argue. Think about the days that Boise State was like a beast yeah, in the early two yeah, thousands, and it was done by the BCS, and we never got a chance to see them even play. And I knew right. they could have been good. I mean, think about all the players that were on those teams. Even Kellen Moore was on there. He's the actual coach for the, the Cowboys, offensive coordinator now. But just just think about it like this: like, what if Cincinnati goes and they keep it close with Georgia? Then. The whole theory about small schools are going to get beat if they keep it close. Yeah. Now Cincinnati can be the gateway for smaller schools to get in all the time, but if they get smashed, that's it. <laughs> Until they change the system, as long as people are voting on it, and we're not to a twelve team or sixteen team playoff, they'll never get in ever again. Well, just like you, you know, you got right here. Don's got Ohio State at number five. Cincinnati goes in there, like you said, and they get absolutely demolished. Ohio mm -hmm. State's over here looking and saying, "Yep, we could have done that for you if we would have played yeah. them this year. <laughs> I mean, we could have exactly. ended all that discussion. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's get into mine. This is how my top 10 would look. I wow. got number 10, Utah. Uh, I think after that loss to BYU, they're going to be able to run the run the table in the Pac-12 and win the Pac-12, and they'll end up uh, squeaking themselves in the top 10. Because I think Oregon is going to lose. I think Arizona State's already lost. USC mm -hmm. is not good. If UCLA wins or loses, uh, you know, we'll get into our predictions of that game, but if they win or lose, then that's going to turn the NCAA on their head or the Pac-12 on their head too. Um, I just think that there's a lot of moving parts in the Pac-12 right now. I think that's a comfortable fit for for them. They squeak into the top 10. This is what they always do. <laughs> they squeak into the top 10 and run the table. Michigan, the, it is a gauntlet that Michigan has to play. They got to play Penn State. They still got to play Michigan State. They still got to play Ohio State. Yep. All those teams are ranked right now. I think they went, they lose one or two of those games and they sit comfortably right there at number nine. Um, they, they probably, they probably lose one game and, and then they're right, you know, they're, they'll stay in the top okay. 10. Coastal Carolina, the only reason that they drop down to eight or they sit there at eight is because they'll run the table, they'll win their conference. They'll go to a bowl game and then they'll get smashed by a big team this year. And that's going to be Coastal Carolina's uh, <laughs> taste of the top 10 for a very long time. Uh, and then Notre Dame, they're just, they're not going to play. The Pac 12 teams that they're going to play are low totem pole, and the rest of their schedule is, is pretty easy pickings. They only get in because a lot of these other schools that are in the top 20 right now are in the top 10 right now just lose and they shuffle so much that you got to include Notre Dame in there because they're not going to lose too many games moving forward. 
Right. Iowa's going to work themselves back and two try to get into the top five. Man, this is a hard list for me because I had I had Iowa in there in the top yeah. four at one point. I had Alabama in there at one point, but I think their loss to Purdue is just gonna. It's not gonna bit them well to even squeak the top five moving moving in on out right now. They're at eleven, and I think just the rest of the games they're gonna sit there at ten for maybe a week or two. You know, I don't think the rest of these teams move up until the gauntlet of the Big Ten. And those last couple of games uh, continue on. Alabama, there. I, I think this is another one where the committee itself they just they look at that Texas A and M loss, and then they're also going to look at them losing to Georgia in the in the SEC championship. I think that's inevitable, and that's going to not only is it going to keep them out. I think that'll be the the straw that break the camel's back right there for them, just to put them right there at five. I think it's a close game with them in Georgia, uh, but I don't think it's going to bit them well to be in the top four. Now, what's going to be exciting about this year's top four is we're going to have two teams instead of the same four teams that we always see. Uh, call it what you want. Oklahoma usually gets in there. Georgia gets in there every once in a while, but we have not seen Cincinnati or uh, – I don't know. Did we see Penn State one year get in? I think, Penn, I think Penn State got in there one year and they got beat real bad. I, just to refresh my memory here. But I think Penn State comes out and they win. They got to play Ohio State, Michigan State, and Michigan towards the end of their season. That is a gauntlet. But I think because of their loss to Iowa and um, knowing that James Franklin has got two quarterbacks that are, you know, so-so. As long as Sean Clifford doesn't make a mistake or the other quarterback, they'll be fine. And I think they have enough firepower on offense and defense to to win against those schools. Um, Oklahoma, I think Caleb Williams continues just to beat teams down like this. They run the table for the rest of the season. They win the Big 12, and uh, they find themselves comfortably in the top three. I don't think they – they're not going to descend at all. Um, and then Cincinnati, this is just they don't move at all. They they stay there. They run the table. They beat teams. They beat the crap out of teams. And they just stay comfortably at two the rest of the season. And, of course, number one, Georgia, the Bulldogs, they come in and they stay number one. Um, so, if we're looking at the uh, – college football playoff we have number one georgia going against number four penn state i think this would be an incredible game to watch i think both games would be pretty incredible georgia versus penn state we're really going to see what penn state is made out of and we're really going to see how georgia is going to be able to deal with a team that's pretty good on both sides of the ball i think this comes down to coaching i think this comes down to that front seven from georgia i think they pull it out but i think it'll be it's going to be like iron sharpening iron. Uh, who's got the sharpest sword at the end of the day? And I think Georgia pulls it out. Now, the most interesting game that weekend is going to be Cincinnati and Oklahoma for sure. Oklahoma's defense is not as good as what they've been. Actually, their secondary is terrible. What is Desmond Ritter and those boys going to do? They're going to be throwing it deep the whole time. They're not going to be scared to throw it deep. Uh, with his running ability too, he's going to be able to extend plays downfield. I think this is going to be the funnest game of the weekend to watch. It's not going to be the the prettiest game to watch, but it'll it'll be the the game on Monday where we come in or next Tuesday when we come in to do the podcast. It's like, whoo! 
I had to wipe the sweat off my brow on that one, man. That, you know, it felt like I was out there playing. It's going to be like an old school backyard football kind of game, I think. And uh, to be honest, I think Oklahoma squeaks it out, but I think it's close, like a 45-42 kind of game. Um, and then you got Georgia and Oklahoma from there. And I, I think by this time, Georgia comes in and they just beat the brakes off of Oklahoma. And <laughs> We're going to see a dominant performance, and uh, I think JT Daniels comes in and um, does his thing off of uh, his injury. But any questions, any comments about my top 10? <laughs> does it make sense? Is it anything crazy that you didn't expect? So I guess my, my only question is, you got Alabama and Georgia in the SEC championship. Georgia going in there undefeated. Alabama comes in there with one loss. Mm-hmm. Bama upsets Georgia. Then where does that leave you? If Bama upsets Georgia, what will my top four look like? <clears throat> um, would you, would you be Georgia, Cincy, Oklahoma, Alabama? I I think the committee would do this because they don't want. I think they'll hate against Cincinnati. I think they'll put Oklahoma at number one. I think they'll leave Cincinnati at number two, which will be really weird because they'll be undefeated and the only undefeated team in the top five. Um, uh, and then Penn State, number three, and I think Alabama squeaks in at number four. And I think the only reason that they're at number four is just because they had that loss to Texas A&M and the committee's not going to trust them to do too much. But uh, I, 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 I think, I think that's how it turns out. Yeah. Dante smoking some of that good stuff. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? I just justified everything. I broke down their schedules and everything for you. The the Big Ten is going to screw the committee up so bad this year. And I think, you know, it's going to end up like this. Uh, I find it a bit strange how the NCAA can justify Cincinnati second, not Coastal Carolina. It's not ranked among the top five best schools. We know how the NCAA in terms of the teams they like and do not like. Uh, Coastal Carolina is just not a powerhouse school, um, no. and they're too they're too new to the NCAA to even justify on them being that high. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Uh, any final thoughts, Amon, before we move on to Big Mike's? Nope. Go ahead. All right. Sounds good. All right, Mike. Go ahead. Break it down for us. Them Wake Forest Utahs. Yeah, yeah, the Wake Forest Utahs. My bad. I had to go there, but no, I think Wake Forest. Uh, I think that if if they stay where they're at now, I think the only team right now there's two teams that can beat them right now. I feel like uh, Clemson. I mean, it's still Clemson. At the end of the day, it's still Clemson. Mm -hmm. um, they still got to play them, and I think the only other team that can beat Wake Forest right now is Wake Forest, and they have shown that. In the past, that Wake Forest starts off strong, and then they fall off at the end. I mean, I hope them the best. Notre Dame, like I said, I'm not going to talk too much about Notre Dame just because of the fact it's Notre Dame, and they always find their way in the top ten. Michigan, <laughs> pulling for them, pulling for them. I, I cannot. I hope that we can see a new team in the Big Ten instead of the Ohio State. It's just. I want to. I want to see some new blood going in there. Okay. Um, oh Oregon, yeah, for sure. Oregon, quite, quite, quite. Let's go with it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> flying V. Let's go. I mean, let, let, let's see where they go. Let 
I, I want to say I'm – I mean, because they did they did really good against Ohio State. So, when, when you go in and you you compete, you do very well against, you know, a high-ranked team, then to me that holds a little bit of weight. I mean, the, was it the um, Pac-12, Pac-10? What is it now? It's Pac-12. Hey, all these conferences, <laughs> Pac-12. Um, they, they are just not the conference that they used to be. I mean, I don't feel that Oregon sh- – there should be no reason why Oregon shouldn't run the, away with that conference. It, it, the I mean, thing that just, hurts them is just losing to Stanford right now. That's the that's the yeah. thing that hurts them. And then having that close game with Fresno State, I think people still look up, look bad upon them. And then playing Ohio State when they were just so young with that quarterback that they had and everything at that point in time. But, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, if they run the rest of the table, I mean, UCLA, if they beat them this week, um, Utah, if they beat them later, and Oregon State is always a good game um, in most cases. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had them as one of my Pac-12 favorites. So, Yeah, I mean, rivalry games at the end of the day, man, it don't matter. You could be undefeated another team not want a game. It's always a good game no matter what it is. Yep. Oklahoma, like you said, they're secondary. Oh, my gosh. I'm a big dude, but I feel like I could play corner for them <laughs> just as well. I mean, they just – when you, when I watch the Texas-Oklahoma game, and I know I'm going back to Texas-Oklahoma – Texas is not all that in a bag of chips to me. Um, and they let Texas just go off on them at the very beginning of the game. Yep. You get Oklahoma up there playing, you know, your SEC teams or even the Big Ten teams, they're not, I don't feel that they're second. Their defense will lose the game for them, for sure. Michigan State, I feel like they can do it. They got to get past, uh, who is it? They got Michigan still, they got Penn State still. Uh, Michigan State, they have yeah. – where's where's my notes at? Michigan State has Michigan, Purdue, Ohio State, and Penn State. That's a gauntlet, especially if so, Purdue's going to play. I mean, they're top 25 school. That, those are all top 25 teams. That's four of the top 25 right there. I mean, this the whole thing is with Michigan State right now. If they, if they go and they win it out, they should be top four easy. They should be in that. I agree. If they win it out, but I agree with that. The likelihood of that is not going to happen. I I would not want to be a Big Ten coach right now, at all. <laughs> they have to deal with this stress and drama. Oh, there it's testing it's testing their coaching abilities out real bad. Um, because remember Northwestern was in the Big Ten championship <laughs> with Ohio yeah. State, and we're not yeah. even mentioning them in the same breath as a lot of these other teams now. Mm-hmm. So. And, and, you know, the reason I didn't – and, like I said, I'm behind the curtains. I'm pulling for Iowa. But I just – I got a funny feeling that they're just – they're going to lose a couple more games that it's like you're you're not even – we're not even a one or two loss conversation here. So, a good team. You've just lost too many games. Yeah, and that's fair. At this point. And then Alabama, it's Bama. I mean, how much – you don't have to elaborate too too much more on that. Nick Saban – We'll find a way to have them in the top four at the end of the day. Ohio State, good football team. Cincinnati, I hope they come up there and they're a giant killer somehow, some way, to, like you said earlier, justify why these smaller schools should be in the in the playoffs. Dude, this, think about the – and we might have to bring that up as a topic one week, Don. Like, if since, especially towards the end of the season, if Cincinnati mm-hmm. goes in – 
they win their conference and now it's time for us to talk about you know the top four and if they end up still being in the top four think about all they're gonna have the most pressure out of any team say say what you want like right now your top four would be in the cfp georgia versus alabama and cincinnati versus ohio right so you got the this would actually be pretty cool because it's got two the battle of ohio and then you and then you have georgia and alabama who would this will be the second time that they're meeting again too right um inevitably but just think about the implications behind what Cincinnati is going to have to do. Not only do we, we will have to win against the state, the the school that, you know, in the state that has been the most winningest school in Ohio history, and we're going to upset them. And then, bam, we got to go and go take on an SEC school, plus having all the pressure on our shoulders of saying that we're the small school amongst the small schools that has to win it. <laughs> for everybody to make sure that this yeah. thing is rolling dude if they pull that out i might i might be a bearcats fan i'm i i, <laughs> I might buy a jersey like that and that coach would deserve a lot of praise man well you know i was sitting there thinking so I, i'm I, I gotta go here hypothetically cincinnati somehow some way gets by number one okay georgia they loses then yeah okay since they hypothetically go to number one Somehow they have to – Ohio State goes down to number four. They have to play them the first round. And then, number one, you're playing a team that has stole recruits from you for years. Mm-hmm. That's I a mean, good – that's an excellent point. Yeah. Yep. And now you get to look at them guys that's not fully committed to Ohio State and be like, you see what we just did to our neighbors over here? You sure you want to go over there and be a – a Buckeye, or do you want to be a Bearcat? I mean, which one do you want? Yeah, because they're going to be stuck in the top ten if they do that, and they'll yeah. continue to be undefeated. The recruiting is good, so literally by committee, you're going to have a top ten school for a very long time as a look as long as you get the high caliber recruits to go there. And if they do this, even it's a huge win for them right now to just be in number two in the country. Imagine if they make it to the college football playoff. That school is going to be a recruiting nightmare for Ohio. <laughs> I mean, let's let's think about it. They're going to be a recruiting nightmare. I like this top 10, Mike, um, for the most part. Uh, I mean, Michigan State is very – that's very ambitious of you to put them at number five. But if they – I they, had to go there with it. They, they look like a really good team. Just the only concern with them is they've had a lot of close games this year. Michigan yeah. – um, they're a couple pieces away, like you said, from being a really good team. I think next year they're going to be a monster. Next yeah. year is really what's what's going to show them out. And if they if they're not good next year, then Jim Harbaugh might have some some issues. Oregon, they run the table when the rest of their games. They still got a gauntlet. Oklahoma, I think they take away the 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 Big Twelve. Notre Dame, again, we both of us agree that they just. A lot of other teams lose that shouldn't lose, and they sneak themselves in the top ten. And then uh, Wake Forest, probably the most ambitious team on your list. But look, I had to throw ACC in there somehow. I mean, it's the Big Ten SEC show right now. <laughs> it, it, it is, it is. But like I said, if a lot of these teams and it's a bunch of Big Ten teams in there, and they're going to drop out, at least Wake Forest to come in as long as they run the table too. Um, Don, any thoughts on his top 10 before we move on, sir? 
Hey, man, if the circumstances are right, it could definitely happen. Yep. Um, just real quick, you know, you guys see the ticker at the bottom. We got a longer show today. We got a lot of stuff to go through, and we still got to get to the Heismans. Um, so we have, uh, you know, East Coast Great Iron Merch.com. Um, go visit us. Go buy some stuff. And then Afloat Posters. I know you get like you guys like hearing Don's voice every week, but go to AfloatPosters.com. Get you some uh, get you some posters. Any yep. orders over forty dollars are free shipping. Um, yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the Heisman favorite and runner-ups. I know we can get through this one pretty quick, <laughs> uh, but uh, let's go ahead, Don. Let's get let's get to you first, sir. All right, uh, runner-up. I have Bryce Young, and winning it, I have uh, Matt Corral. Now, here's what you'll find interesting. And this is why I, I picked them in this order. When I looked at their passing stats as of right now, Bryce Young has passed for more yardage. He's got a better completion percentage and a better touchdown total. He's at 24 with three interceptions versus 14 with one. Bryce has a quarterback rating of over 180 where Matt's at 169. So if you're looking strictly at quarterback numbers, Bryce has a nod there. But then you got to look at the rushing totals. Bryce is not the type of guy running the ball. I believe he's got negative yards for the year. He's too busy podcasting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But Matt, on the other hand, 450 yards, 5.1 per, and eight rushing touchdowns. So he is the offense for his team. And for me, that is who wins the Heisman, who puts out the most and combining all what he does and his passing and rushing stats together. I give Matt the nod. Yeah, I I like this. I think I think Bryce Young is getting better as the season progresses. Not necessarily statistically, but just being in a you know the uh, that program is the most pressure that you're going to play under outside of Cincinnati being in the, in the top yeah. five. To be completely honest with you, like that's a lot riding on the shoulders as a uh, you know redshirt freshman coming off the slew of quarterbacks that have come through there. Man, they've had so much luck especially on their running backs man geez they got another good one up there too um and they just what do we say don they just reload like machine gun man they're ak-47 when it comes to stuff so (laughs) um but yeah i you know me i called this before the season started that boy matt corral is something something fierce (laughs) man uh so let's let's go ahead i'll move on to mine um so i wanted to put my boy here, Will Rogers, not related to Roy Rogers and the French fries, but but real Will Rogers was gonna be here from Mississippi State, but he he done messed up last week, so I couldn't pick him, put him there. Uh, but uh, Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, probably the best statistical quarterback out there right now. To yeah, to be completely honest with you, um, they had a really good game against Tennessee early in the season, um, and they kind of put everybody on notice. I know. If you think about it, I think, you know, 
Pittsburgh won a lot of national championships back in the day, man. They're kind of like what we were saying about Rice, Don. Remember that? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody expected Rice to be beating teams like Alabama and and LSU and all this kind of – but, yeah, Kenny Pickett's been doing his thing out there. And um, statistically, probably the most efficient quarterback. But you got to give it to Matt Corral, man. If we're thinking about – and if he doesn't win, this is what he's going to have, Don and Mike. He's going to have what Jalen Hurts had with the uh, with Oklahoma, where he really and truly should have won the Heisman, but the Heisman always includes how well your team is doing too, which is total BS to me. He was the be- Kyler Murray won it the same way. Kyler Murray was the best college player in the nation that year. I think Jalen Hurts, when he was at Oklahoma, was the best player in college football the only person outside of that was what we were talking about don with with justin fields justin mm-hmm. fields didn't play full games throughout right. that season right. but if he did exactly. his numbers would have been astronomical yep but this year you have to give it to matt corral i i was saying this before the season started man nobody picked this dude go back and watch any media talking about matt corral nobody was talking about him oh what did i just do i'm sorry let me go back um but nobody was talking about Matt Corral, dude. Um, and now if you take Matt Corral away from Ole Miss, this yep. is what I'm considering the husband winner. If you take him away from Ole Miss, they suck. Yep. They're not yep. even a top 20 school. They're not a top yep. 50 school. They cannot survive without him. The, this is the first game that he threw a pick. He didn't even throw an interception during Alabama when they were getting smashed. He's got the legs. Like... The dude is the best quarterback in the nation. If you talk about literally the term backpacking, Ole Miss is literally, he's putting them in the backpack and he's carrying them so hard right now. His back is hurting. And now he probably won't even play this week. I know they want to say it's probably another injury, but I know what it is. He's out this week because his back is hurting. Mm-hmm. That's, that's literally what it is. Like my back hurts from carrying you guys. Can Can somebody take the load? But even if he sits this week, he still wins the Heisman because <laughs> he's going to do exactly what he's done the last several games up to this point. Kenny Pickett is great, but I got to I gotta look at the two situations, being in the SEC, being on that team. Matt Corral is the best quarterback in the country in a not a good quarterback draft that's going to come up by any type of means. And he might even be chosen in the second round just because there's going to be so many other good players. It's not going to be a quarterback draft this time. Sorry, Eagles fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, oh, so, sorry, Panthers fans. I forgot about you, Mike, out there with Sam Sam Darnold's. <laughs> Sam Darnies. Um, Listen, but let, man, give the man time. Give the man time. So uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to, to Mike's picks here. So look, I had I had to give it to Bryce Young because at the end of the day, it's Alabama. I mean, it's just <laughs> it, it, if you talk to somebody and say, "Hey, what do you think about this player from this particular team of Cincinnati?" and then all you say is Alabama, the thoughts go out. Every other thought goes goes out the window to me because Alabama is just head and shoulders above everybody. But Alabama, in the same breath, Alabama has been shown they can be beat. 
at the end of the day. Georgia's still, I think, I think Georgia's got it this year. But you still can't write off Alabama. And Ritter, tell me that dude ain't exciting to watch. At the he end is. Of the day, that dude is <laughs> it's just, not a bad pick. Yeah, not I bad mean, at all. He, dude's got an arm. He's got the mobility. He's just a fun guy to watch. And But I'm going to tell you now, I'm going to call it now, Bryce Young, next couple years, I think that they're going to be saying Tua who, and I think they're going to say Jalen Hurts who in the next couple of years. If hopefully he stays still senior year, I think they'll I, definitely need it. I think that, so just a prediction for next year, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are going to be the two quarterbacks that everybody's talking about. Yeah. I, I'm just going to put it out there. CJ Stroud from Ohio state and Bryce Young. Um, these are solid picks, Mike. I, I, I like both of them. I think um, that Malik Willis out of uh, Liberty. Everybody was talking about him. I, right. I wasn't. I wasn't so hyped up on Malik Willis just because he played. He he doesn't play in a conference where he's going to be tested at all. And I think even if they get to a bowl game this year. He's going to get shown what a real defense looks like against one of these Power 5 schools. Um, but in the long run, these are all solid picks. And I just had to say, like, <laughs> nobody was right about Sam Howell. Nobody was right about Spencer Rattler. Nobody was right about DJ Uyunglele. Like, we all were collectively wrong. But guess what, Don? <laughs> I had Matt Corral though as my runner you did up. Have Matt. Yes, you did. <laughs> Let's go. Um, Gene's up in the comments. Everyone's everyone going with quarterbacks. Kenneth Walker's going to creep up on y'all. Kenneth Walker's good. CJ yeah. Stroud stinks. CJ beat little sisters out of out of the poor, and now he's a Heisman front runner. Uh, CJ, I, I I think the thing about CJ, and if you watch him play, um, I think he's still. His his nineteen year old age is really showing. Yeah, I think Bryce Sean didn't get bit by that bug because he does have a superior coach to Ryan Day. I, I I'm not putting Ryan Day in my top ten. Like I can't. But Nick Saban, he was forced to whip him into shape real fast. You want to be the starter on this team? This is what I expect, or I'm going to bench you. Um, C.J. Stroud, I don't think gets that treatment up there at Ohio State. But I think if you flip him. I think CJ Stroud does as good as what Bryce Young is doing right now. That's that's kind of my opinion. I think Bryce Young is CJ Stroud at Ohio State right now. Uh, they're very similar in the way that they play too. So, what are you going to say, Mike? Stroud. What what year is Stroud? He's a redshirt freshman too. So I don't know if you've seen, but did you see the recruit that Ohio State's getting next year from uh, that North Texas high school? Uh the the mullet dude. The man with the mullet. I'm telling you. Yeah, that dude's good. Yeah, that dude is good. <laughs> CJ Stroud has better wide receivers than Bryce Young. I beg to differ on that one. You got Mechie. You got that crazy good tight end out there too. I don't know. Yeah, Ohio State's wide receivers are good, but I don't know. Um, and next year right. he's gonna have him. A- even better running back. Alabama's always finding running backs. Yeah, they both have two good running I mean, backs. Yeah. All right, games to watch this week. 
Let's go ahead and head off with uh, Army versus Wake Forest. We didn't do this because you was coming in the house, Mike. Um, but let's go ahead and pick them. Don, who you got this? Uh, well, actually, go ahead and go through your uh, keys to victory for both teams. And I'll All go right. through the, the two quarterbacks that we got. All right. By the numbers, here we go. Wake Forest at Army. Army's the home team. Capacity crowd, 38,000. Early line has Wake Forest as a three-point favorite. Wake Forest undefeated, 6-0. and Ranked team. Rank of their offense is number 35. 441 yards per game. They've scored 27 offensive touchdowns. Their defense is ranked number 91. They're giving up 410 yards per game. They've only given up 16 touchdowns to their opponents however the players to keep an eye on they got a running back and a wide receiver to keep an eye on uh, running back Christian Beal 375 yards right now he's about 4.6 yards per carry and five touchdowns mm-hmm. and A.T. Perry the receivers over 450 yards he's about 20 yards per uh, reception and seven touchdowns now the home team army with a four and two record offense uh number 89 averaging 367 yards per game but they have scored 25 offensive touchdowns so if we look at those two numbers real quick army offense 367 wake forest giving up 410 okay army's offense is in a good spot this week army's defense Their defense is ranked number seven, giving up 281 yards per game, 17 opponent touchdowns. 21 of the 25 touchdowns this year for Army have been rushing touchdowns, and eight of them have been by two of their quarterbacks. Mm. All right, so... If we're breaking down their two quarterbacks at Army first, Christian Anderson is actually out this week, by the way. Correct. Um, so they're going to be missing a, a big tool of their offense because I believe he's their leading passer and their leading rusher. Yes. <laughs> uh, more so on the Russian side, 58 carries, 431 yards. Their running back Tyrell Robinson has uh, 282 yards rushing uh, with two touchdowns. So... Um, they actually have utilized all four of their quarterbacks on their dev chart. <laughs> yep. They Christian have. Anderson, Jamil Jones, who's going to be starting this week, uh, Jabari Correct. Laws, and Ty here, Tyler. <laughs> Why did his parents name him that? Don't know. <laughs> um, so, with that being said, you got that on that side. Haven't really seen much on the, the quarterback end. That's not what they're really known for. Exactly. They, the, their quarterbacks do average, though. They're, the three quarterbacks that have thrown that are leading on their team, Christian Anderson throws the ball deep all the time, 12.5 yards average. Jamil Jones, 10.4 yards in average. Uh, Jabari Laws, 14.5 yards in average. So when they throw it, they throw it deep, or at least they try to throw it for first down. So, I, you know. You know, I respect it, but we're going to go over to an actual uh, quarterback. Now, Sam Hartman looks like somebody's dad. Is he part of this fifth and sixth year seniors, the seventh year seniors (laughs) that they have? (laughs) I say this every week. They're cheating. 
Um, <laughs> but Sam Hartman, sophomore, looks like somebody's dad. Looks, he kind of looks like Superman. You know, let's 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 be real about it. Um, but Sam Hartman himself, he's throwing at a sixty-three percent completion percentage right now. 1,615 yards, 14 touchdowns, and three interceptions. If you're playing at Wake Forest and you're putting up those type of numbers, we're going to put you in the same category as somebody that I used to admire growing up. I actually got to meet him one time. Y'all remember this guy named Riley Skinner? <laughs> I knew you was going there. <laughs> <laughs> number 11, Riley Skinner. Yes. Uh, number 11, Riley I Skinner. Where, I knew that's where you were going. Riley Skinner was the best quarterback of all time. Um, but Sam Hartman is putting up those type of numbers to be on the same wavelength. And I, if, if I recall, uh, Riley Skinner took the demon Deacons to two ACC title games. He might be the, the first one in a while to do this. Uh, so if we're talking about quarterback comparisons, we got the bipolar army <laughs> versus the everybody's dads play on Wake Forest <laughs> with these six to seven year seniors. Uh, so Don, what's your prediction for the game? Who you got winning this one? All right. Well, this is going to be interesting. I think Army's defense is coming to play. They're at home, and I think they're going to show up. Mm-mm. All right. Um, I think it's going to be a back and forth game, but I think the defense is is just going to be too much, and I think Army's offense with what they're averaging, Wake Forest is giving up more than that. I look for an upset. I got Army twenty seven twenty. Wow! All right, so I don't think this game is close. Um, I have Wake Forest pulling this out, 35-14, going with the Demon Deacons. Michael, you got? Man, Wake Forest has got to stop the running game, just bottom line. Yep. I mean, when you when you say when you say Army football to me, it takes me back to old high school days of the wishbone offense. Uh-huh. <laughs> power, 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 power. Now, if you want to take a team for – a running offense, absolutely, they're great at it. But Wake Forest is going to—I think they're just going to overload them. They're going to hang with them for a little bit, and then the floodgates are going to open. There we I, go. I had the same score as Dante, thirty-five, fourteen. As there. long as long as things stop that run game. Now, right. we, we did have seen Wake Forest in the past, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde in the past, and it's waiting for that fuse to hit. And it could be an upset, but I don't see it this week. There but, it is. All right, so that was our first game to watch. Now to get into the big boy game, Oregon versus UCLA. We had to bring this one up because uh, this might be the game of the week right here, uh, to be completely honest with you. Uh, Don, I like this game, but go ahead and give us the by the numbers for this one, sir. I do like this too, playing at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. You know it's big if they're doing that. Yeah, 90,000 capacity. Early line has Oregon as a two-point favorite. Oregon's 5-1, and one, offense ranked number 51, 427 yards per game, 25 offensive touchdowns. Oregon's defense is ranked number 91, giving up 409 yards per game, 
but only giving up 15 opponent touchdowns. So uh, then, but don't break, I guess. Player stats. Um, I like a couple running backs for Oregon. Travis Dye, 527 yards, four touchdowns. And C.J. Verdell, 397 with five touchdowns, but he also has two receiving touchdowns. Uh, UCLA, five and two. Their offense is ranked number 52, so they're right next to Oregon with 425 yards per game, but they've scored 29 offensive touchdowns. UCLA's defense is a little bit better, uh, number 68, 381 yards per game, and they've given up 20 opponent touchdowns. Uh, Once again, running back, Zach Charbonnet, 697 yards, seven touchdowns. So uh, both teams like to run, and it's going to be a good game. It is going to be a great game. Um, I think this is a close game, but let me go ahead and get on to the two quarterbacks that we have starting. Anthony Brown has come in and very uh, I, I think he surprised a lot of people uh, this year. Um, he was actually... Um, if you guys didn't know, he was a transfer from uh, Boston College, and I think they could really use him right now. <laughs> they could they could really use him, uh, per my prediction from last week. But some of his season stats right now, I mean, fifty eight percent completion percentage, which is not anything to write home about. But with that offense that they have, um, eleven hundred yards, seven touchdowns, one interception. He doesn't turn the ball over that much, which is great. Um, and you can't, you know. It always, they always say it always comes down to a turnover battle at the end of the game um, on who calls the most turnovers, but you know it's definitely not his fault. 242 yards rushing, five touchdowns um, for him as well. So he's accounted for 12 touchdowns on our team so far this this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's you know sneaky good in some games. I mean yep. we we saw a little bit of that along with their. Uh, the crazy good running back out there. Actually, they got two good ones. They got Travis Dye and CJ Verdell. Yep. Um, but you know, their running game gets going. It's it's hard to stop, actually. I think that's the one thing that you know UCLA needs to focus on this week. Um, outside of that, on the other side, um, the UCLA Bruins have got this quarterback named Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yes, sir. Uh, that's coming in. Um, he's actually very, very good. Um, yes, he, and he doesn't get a lot of praise. 60% completion percentage, 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, and uh, he's got the little feedies, too. He might have more feedies yep. than Anthony Brown does. Um, <laughs> four, uh, I'm sorry, 468 yards and four touchdowns. So he's accounted for about 17 touchdowns on their offense. Yeah, how about that? If Oregon doesn't show up this week, they will get upset. And I don't really think it's going to be that much of an upset. I don't think this is upset in in the traditional sense. I think UCLA has hit some bumps in the roads as far as their schedule. We know that, you know, they lost against Fresno State, who is an actually good team. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was it. You know, they had that scary game against... uh, Hawaii at the beginning of the season. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I think this is one of those games where uh, and they got a gauntlet on their schedule. I mean, they got to play Oregon, then Utah, then USC and Cal um, the rest of their season. So if they win outright, you could see them 
um, pretty much in probably, you know, them and Utah going against each other for the best in the Pac-12 South. So uh, let's go ahead and get into our predictions. I know I'm leaning one way versus the other, but uh, Don, what you got this week? Well, um, like I say, good game. I see uh, a back-and-forth game. I see a high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I see a game going to overtime. But I see UCLA taking it in overtime, 43-38. I can't wait. Because you know what, Don? <laughs> I'm agreeing with you on this. I'm going there with the Bruins. Where's my little Where's go. my little hat like uh, Lee Corso? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, I <clears throat> I think they just got the firepower on offense to, to get it done. I think and this, you know, to me, they're one of the most underrated schools out there. I think they could beat a lot of good schools on, you know, any given day. Um, and this would just be one of those weeks where Oregon is not as good as what people think they are. Um, and this is really going to show that Ohio State is not really as good as what people are perceiving them as, too. Um, I, I think if Oregon loses this week, but you see an Ohio State wins, I think that in the AP polls, you might see Ohio State drop in a ranking, and it's going to be influenced by the way that Oregon loses to UCLA. I think they consider all those factors, and I think everybody else wins, and they just drop one spot. You could see that this week. But Big Mike, who you got, man? Yeah, I, I agree with what Don was talking about, how it's going to be a late – it's going to be a back and forth, back and forth. I don't have my score that I got – Oregon, 31, UCLA, 28. Hmm. I see UCLA making one last drive at the end to try to go to overtime. Oregon somehow gets it, penalty, something stupid to get it in field goal range and win it last 10 seconds of the game. No problem. Dude, uh, I think this is the best game of the weekend. Um, Yeah, could be. You know, if if we're going through – you know, all of the – let's just go through the top ten games here real quick. Let's get your predictions, guys, real quick. Rapid fire. Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State. Go uh, Nears. <laughs> Don, who you got? I got Coastal Carolina. I got Coastal as well. Tulane versus SMU. SMU. Wow. I, I do like Tulane, but they're not going to beat SMU. <laughs> yeah, they're 1-5 at this point of going to SMU. Yeah. Go Horses. Cincinnati Navy. Cincy on me. Cincy, yeah. Yeah, Cincy. Uh, Oklahoma, Kansas, Oklahoma. Right. Yeah. Uh, Michigan, Northwestern. I think this is a tougher game than what Michigan (laughs) thinks it's going to be, but I got Michigan taking it out. Michigan, easy. Yeah, big blue. Uh, Illinois, Penn State. Penn State. Penn State's got that. (laughs) Yeah. We already went to Wake Forest and Army. Wisconsin-Purdue might be a really good one. Might be a sneaky good game. I'm actually going to say Purdue might pull that one out. I think Graham Graham Mertz goes to Graham Hurts again. <laughs> Where are they playing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say they're playing in people. they're playing in Indiana, so they're playing Purdue's playing at home. I, you know, Purdue could they could actually win it. I am, I mean, Graham Cracker is just not doing it this year, man. Yeah, I just I, I can't I can't pick him to win. Uh, LSU, Ole Miss. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that even if, even if my boy plays, I still think LSU pulls this one out. 
I think LSU is going to blow it out just for Ed, just to say, there you go. That's what you lose. Huh? <laughs> Don, who you got? Uh, yeah. Wow. That, that's, that is a tough game to call. You would think LSU would do that, but how much of this whole thing is a distraction instead of an encouraging, hey, you know, we got you the rest of the year. You know, yeah. which ways which way is it gonna go? Yeah. Um, if Corral does I'll 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 leave it up to that. If Corral plays, they win. If he doesn't, they lose. Clemson yeah. Pittsburgh. I got Pittsburgh. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Tennessee, Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Um, San Diego State versus Air Force. We should have had this as one of our games to watch this week. And yeah. this, this is tough because Air yeah. Force is 6-1. and one. They haven't had a bye week I yet. Know. But I San know. Diego State is playing them at 6-0. and oh. I, Even though they haven't had a bye week, I think Air Force pulls this one out. Yeah, yeah this, this, is, this has definitely got an upset alert on it. It, yep. it could happen. It could happen. Yeah, we'll see if the fatigue has set in, but I think Air Force. Ooh. I think they're uh, military yeah. school. I think they're disciplined enough to pull squeak this one out before <laughs> they go on by. What you got, Mike? Yeah, I'm gonna go Air Force because yeah, you never you never want to play a would you say six and one team coming off of a. I, I would not want my team playing a six and one team coming off of a bye. Yeah, I want to go ahead and get that game done and over with. Yeah, and then we can rest. Um, UTSA San Antonio versus uh, Louisiana Tech. I think I'm gonna just keep on going with the road Roadrunners on this one. Well, yeah, they're hot right now. We'll keep with them. Yep. That should be a decent game, though. Mike, who you got? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with them because I don't know enough about them to. I didn't even know who they. Honestly, I didn't even know who they were until you. Yeah. seen it on the top 25 i'm like oh yeah yeah ohio state versus indiana i think ohio state pulls this one out sure yeah. yep usc versus notre dame i have notre dame on upset alert this week rivalry past, game yeah it's a rivalry game in the past i would say yes upset alert but i don't think it's going to happen this year I'm i think i think usc is a bit of a, a mess right now they are but i think they pulled this one out I think so. I'm hoping that Jewel was the Jewel Shillelagh. <laughs> however you say it, I can't say it right. I yep. hope it goes back to Cali. All right. Uh, South Carolina versus Texas A&M. Texas A&M on this one, but South Carolina is a sneaky good school. Yeah. yeah. They're one in three in the SEC, but I think I still think they're sneaky good. And I might have this one on upset alert, but NC State versus Miami. I think Miami takes that one. I think they're they made a switch at quarterback, and um, they get back to their winning ways. That hurts me to say, but it is what it is. Yeah, but we're going to Wolfpackies. All right, who you got, Don? Yeah, I, you know, I've been I've been liking watching NC State, but I think I think they get stumped this week. Oh, I, I think Miami's got it. All right. They're, they're so playing that, in Miami? They are playing at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Yep. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. I think <laughs> I think that they get upended this week. Yep. The three oh five is never good to North Carolina schools, <laughs> ever. Yeah. <laughs> ever. 
All right. So let's go ahead and move on to week six. This is a longer show, guys, but we had to get through the, you know, the superlative part of this. But uh, week six recap. So the first game on the list was uh, the Vikings versus the Panthers. Me and Don squeaked one out by picking the Vikings on this one. Vikings went 34-28. If at the end of that game and the fourth quarter did not, hey, Kirk Cousins won them that game. That's, let's just call a ball a ball, a strike a strike. Um, and that catch by Adam Thielen up against the face mask was amazing. Um, any thoughts on this game, Don or Mike? I'll just give you my quick comments. Um, the basically summary of the game, Minnesota put up 571 yards of offense. The defense sacked Darnold four times, caused two fumbles, and got an interception. Minnesota uh, one time of possession, 43 minutes to 26 minutes. Mm. So <laughs> I think that kind of says it all right there. Right. Mike, I know you're a Panthers fan, but how'd you feel, sir? I mean, I'm a Panthers fan, but at the end of the day, I'm a realist when it comes to it. And I told you it was going to be, what I say, 26-17? Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, get your defense off the field. Yep. Panthers yeah. are going to have to learn to run an offense without McCaffrey or without McCaffrey and targeting DJ Moore a thousand times in a game. So going to have to figure it out. So here's the thing. You got Dalvin Cook, who <laughs> it seems to be those top three running backs, right? Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and Dalvin Cook. They always seem to find themselves injured. They can't finish a full season to save their lives, especially Christian McCaffrey. Um, but anyways, yeah, uh, that defense is showing some age. Uh, Patrick Peterson got hurt. And I think he needs to rally those those troops back together and and uh, get them going because they're they're not looking all that great. So um, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, tough loss for the Panthers. But Sam Darnold is really feeling the pressure of Christian McCaffrey not being there. The hype the hype was uh, not real with him. So let's let's move on. <laughs> uh, the Browns versus the Cardinals. Don, I got one on you this week, my man. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, I'm waiting for Arizona stumble. I I thought it might happen that week, but you know I do like the Cardinals. I am rooting for them. Somebody said they're a team of all midgets. <laughs> Chase Edmonds, uh, Kyler Murray, and uh, they make fun of Moore. my boy Rondell Moore. It's not his fault. <laughs> but uh. What's your thoughts on this, man? I, I think the Cardinals are going to keep rolling. I think yeah. it, no, this is funny. I think you predicted the Cardinals being a, a beast team one year too early, Don. Remember yeah. last year, you're all in the Cardinals, but yeah, I mean, I had them with with a great record this year, but not as good as they're going right now. Um, just just going over the stat highlights for the Cardinals as a team kind of lets you know what kind of a game it was 352 yards of offense 208 passing 144 rushing uh playing with the lead the browns were held to 73 yards of rushing defense sacked baker mayfield five times caused two fumbles and got an interception they they dominated time of possession by almost 10 minutes Mm. you know yeah Mike, what's your thoughts on this? 
I'm going to tell you what, Cardinals are nasty. They yep. are not a team that I want to see. And they lost Dan Arnold last year. Decent tight end, came to the Panthers. We sent him down the road to Jacksonville. Yep. Um, He's beasting them on Madden they, franchise right now, just by the way. But then <laughs> they turn around and did something interesting. They go and get Zach Ertz. Yep. Veteran tight end, best friend to a one or two year quarterback. Yep. At the end of the day, I just hated that Larry Fitz ain't there to enjoy this. Right. Somebody I mean, was. Somebody had a joke the other day. I was in a meme that what if all these years Larry Fitzgerald was a really a toxic teammate and they never could get over the hump because of it. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. I was like, you gotta be, you gotta be kidding me, man. Um, but yeah, I th- Cliff Kingsbury. I was never in the boat to think that he was a bad coach by any means. Um, you know, it is what it is. They got the. I think. I was I was telling a coworker this the other day. I think that the Cardinals have the right combination of old players and and, and young yeah. players. Cause you got JJ Watt, Chandler Jones, you know, the rest of those guys on the defense. But you got the young blood like Zaven Collins that's who's having a pretty good season. And uh Brian Murphy and uh Buddha Baker. Like they just got a combination of good veteran presidents and very high caliber young guys. Then you look on that on that offense. You got Kyler Murray and um, Rondell Moore. You know, and uh, now they brought in Zach Ertz. Yeah, D Hop. But I would AJ Green. Yeah, AJ Green is on there now. AJ Green, uh, Christian Kirk, Chase Edmonds, and and um, James Connor. James Connor. They they got just the right combination on both sides that is yes, just they do. holding them together. They're holding themselves accountable, and it's it's great to see. You're going to see a lot of good players that uh they might be a Super Bowl caliber team, man. To be completely well, honest, I mean just to show you how good their roster was with that Zach Ertz deal, giving up Tay Gowan like that. I mean they didn't even have room for him to play, and. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a really good young player. I mean, I, hope I know you're excited about him. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad he's on the Eagles. I wanted the Eagles to draft him last year in the fourth round. So, um, you know, I'm I'm glad he's there. I just hope they don't misuse him. Yep. All right. So let's move over to our power rankings before we get into our two games to watch for this week, and then we'll uh, we'll round out the show. We were going to do the MVP and superlatives, but. I don't know what my brain was thinking. We weren't even halfway through the season yet. We'll bring that when it comes to like week nine when we're halfway through. But uh, we'll do the power rankings, which this was fun. Uh, Don, we got you up first. Okay. Yeah, coming in at number 10 after that performance last night. Got to give it to the Titans. Uh, King Henry's on a team. They should probably be in the top 10. Uh, but I got them squeaking in there. It was a, a really good game last night. Yep. As much as it pains me to put the Cowboys in the top 10, kind of have to. So I stuck them as close to the bottom as possible and put them, at five, put them, put them there at number nine. Um, Bengals. I actually kind of like the Bengals this year. I, I like their mix. Their defense is doing pretty good. And, and, and yeah, you know, I really do like the mix in the offense too. I mean, the, they got a great passing game. The running game's not bad. They're, they're starting to gel as a team. I kind of like them. Uh, Chargers, well, they kind of disappointed me a bit this past week. They got blown out when they shouldn't have. So I did drop them to number seven. And 
I have the Ravens, who, of course, beat them at number six. Probably should show more love to the local team, but that's about the best I can do for them right now. Uh, even with the Bills' loss, I have them at, at five, uh, four and two record right now. I know that's above a couple five and ones, but I think Buffalo is a solid team on both uh, both sides of the ball. Um, not real strong on the running game, but good on the running game. Rams at five and one uh, come in at four. They could be anywhere in the top two, three, or four. I just have them at four because I stuck the Bucks at three because the Bucks beat the Rams. That's my logic. Quietly. The Packers are five and one. After mm. that embarrassment week one, they are just I don't know. I, I don't have the word to describe how impressive they've been, but it's been quietly. There's not a lot of fanfare. You don't hear a lot of this and that. They're just quietly five and one. Very solid team. I gave them two. And until the Cardinals lose. They can have number one at six and zero. <laughs> All right, yeah. So, I I agree with your list for the for the most part. Um, I think the Cowboys are a little low on your list. Uh, to be completely Probably. honest with you, um, <laughs> but I gotta understand the fact that you're an Eagles fan too, and that you Thank probably you. have a little bit of a little bit of bias in there, even though you know Don oh, is. Dude. Don is one of those dudes that's not as biased as some people can be, uh, but you know. not as biased as a lot of them. But I tell you, it it to put them on this list was hard. Two years ago, <laughs> when I when I had to for fantasy purposes had Ezekiel Elliott on my team, God, I hated it all year. I'm sure you did, man. I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm sure you did. So, um, actually, I just need to fix something real quick with that. All right, so let me save this. And let me get to my list next after I save this one little thing because I forgot to make a change on yours, Mike, but that's okay. I can uh, change it real quick once we get on here. All right, so on to my list. Starting at number 10, I got the the, the Bengals. Okay, cool. Um, I think I think the Bengals have some, of course, still some offensive line issues. I think, you know, they're real young in some spots, uh, but they're 4-2. and two. So I got to treat them as such at uh, number 10. I think they're one of the worst, I would say one of the worst four and two teams. (laughs) Yeah, good teams. Yeah. Um, So that's why I put them there at number 10. Right above them, I got to call it what it is. Last night, the Bengals uh, are the Bills. Um, Lost against a team, you know, shout out to Josh. You know, love you, man. But the Titans weren't what I thought the Titans were, were going to be like last year. Um, but they're four and two as well. And they yeah. won against a good team. They had a good game plan, but it would have been worse if, uh, <laughs> people like Julio Jones was playing to his caliber right now. Um, I still think he's bad on the injury that says that he's not, but I agree. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think they're, they're right where they're supposed to be. And just because of that reason, I got to back it up with the Titans being there at number eight chargers, you know, got to call it what it is. They're still a very, very vanilla team too, uh, trying to find their way. Um, and I had to put it as, do I think the chargers could beat the Ravens twice? And I would say no. So that's why I put the Ravens at number six. Um, 
I know I, I was rating uh, Lamar Jackson as a C rate in my first couple of games uh, because I don't rate my quarterbacks off of spectacular fourth quarter comebacks and amazing jump passes. Uh, I look for consistency for the most time. But if you talk about the MVP race, I think you have to throw Lamar in there, at least in the talks. Um, and I think the Ravens at number six has a perfect spot for him. Now, number five, the Packers. The only reason I have them here is because of that terrible first game that they have. <laughs> um, but they are battling a lot of injuries, too. And I have to consider yep. that, too. And again, when I place these teams above them, I try to think about, can the Packers beat the Cowboys right now in the condition that they're in? I don't think so. I think the Cowboys are just better than them. So that's why the Cowboys are at, are at number four. Uh, and Dak Prescott. If Dak Prescott wasn't there, I don't know, man. I, 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 Dak Prescott's a lot better than what people are giving him credit for all these years. Um, Ezekiel Elliott stepping up. Lost some of the weight. We're not seeing Ewok uh, <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott this year. He lost some weight. He's looking. He's looking like his old self. But I still think if that uh, offensive line wasn't there, he'd be uh, trash. Buccaneers, man, oh man, they've already lost to the Rams, so that's why I put them above them. But the Buccaneers, they just, they're just good everywhere. Uh, another point of contention is if they were to play the Rams again, I think the Rams now with their depleted. Uh, secondary, which they should have picked up Stephon Gilmore for sure. Um, they are just not looking good back there. Um, so you're going to see them blitz the quarterback a lot more often to put pressure on them, and that's because they just don't have the secondary that can hold up their end of the bargain. The Rams, number two. It is what it is. They're good. If Matt Stafford's doing good, Everybody else is taking care of business. I try to tell you guys, what did I say, Don? Cooper Cup, top yeah. 10 wide receiver this year. Yeah. He's looking like the number one receiver this year, to be completely honest with you. Dude. Well, just, you know, as long as, you know, Woods uh, doesn't complain too much, Cooper Cup will keep looking good. And it doesn't seem like Robert Woods that type of person. As long as they win, he doesn't care who, who's getting yeah. the ball. Um, and that's a sign of a great teammate. You know that <laughs> Cooper's just the man. I mean, he. I think these last couple of years he was limited by his quarterback. Quarterback, yep, absolutely. And you're, and you're seeing Jared Goff. I mean, when Jared Goff first came in the league, he was throwing it downfield all the time. And slowly as he started throwing more interceptions, he started backing off of it. And uh, Matt Stafford's not afraid to do it. I mean, the dude had the confidence of having Calvin Johnson <laughs> for, for years and years and years. So yeah. uh, Cooper Cup is not – I'm not calling him Calvin Johnson, but, you know, he's a downfield threat. Uh, and then you got the Cardinals rounding out number one. I think this is going to be a trend on a lot of people's power, power rankings. Yep. They're the only undefeated team. They stay undefeated. They stay – they're going to stay at the top. I mean, it is what it is. Do I think they're better than the Rams? That's what I want to see that matchup again. I, I want to see it all over again with the Rams having preparation um, uh, against the Cardinals. Um, and let's see how they prepare the second time going against them with uh, Jalen Ramsey and those boys. So, all right, Mike, 
actually, before we move on, any quarrels with my top ten? You guys agree? Disagree? Makes sense. Makes sense for what you're saying. Yeah. I like yeah. how we always rank our our games in different ways, but yeah, you know. I do too. I just I didn't even. What's funny is I don't even think I thought of Cincinnati being a, such a sleeper team like they are. Again, this is kind of like what Don did with. Uh, actually, let me put let me put your change in there. Bam! You didn't. You told me to change that earlier, and I never did. Yeah. Um. But this is kind of like what I was saying about Don picking the Cardinals a year early. I yeah. I picked the Bengals a year early too. Yep. So. Yeah. Yep. Kind of the same way. All right, what you got, Big Mike? So, so I went with I went with the Chiefs for number ten. I mean, I know they are not looking like the Chiefs of old. Andy Reid is going to turn this team around. They're they're going to start putting up points again, and they're going to start putting up big points next week. They're going to have to. I promise you, because they're playing the Titans next week. Derrick Henry will have a career game next week. Uh-huh. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me if he don't break his previous rushing record and put up four to five touchdowns i know this is going to sound some like some mel kiper type stuff here but like i really we don't like mel kiper around here i know that's what i'm saying it's just (laughs) the ridiculousness of it but like that man you cannot stop derrick henry you just can't i mean but the chiefs they're going to come back scoring the bills they're still a good team they got they got got last night. That's just what it boiled yep. down to. And the reason I put the Titans above them is, um, I'm telling you now, you would you. I don't think you could pay me enough money to stand in front of that man, or let alone take a stiff arm from Derrick Henry. <laughs> I mean, that's just a bad, bad man. My my daughter has been she, the first year of fantasy football. She got the number one pick, and she took Derrick Henry. I said, "You're smart." She, Very she smart. already knew her pick. Um, Packers. I think that the reason I put them a little bit lower is because, I mean, my wife's going to probably hate me for this. She's a Bears fan, but they play in a trash conference. I know the Vikings just beat us, but they play in a trash conference. I mean, the Vikings are mediocre, and that's saying a lot about my Panthers. The Vikings are mediocre. Um, If Green Bay doesn't win that division, there's a real problem. If Adam Thielen is not on the Vikings, they don't win – they don't even don't win know. their first the the two games that they won. Mm-mm. Adam, I mean, I don't. T- I I ain't gonna bash just was it Justin Jefferson. I got him on my fantasy team along with Kirk Cousins. But Adam Thielen is what holds that wideout group together. <laughs> no he's doubt. That guy that, I mean, he's the one that gets them down the field and lets everybody else take the shine for it. I mean, he- not saying he don't get his own touchdowns, but. Then the Ravens. I mean, you got Lamar Jackson. That Lamar Jackson's his. He's a one man show. He's got some weapons there, but he's still that one man show. Mm-hmm. I think the Chargers is that team that they they got beat up. Um, but they're going to come back. It would not surprise me if they don't win the AFC West on this. I just I think the Chargers are due. Um, Cowboys. Uh, I don't even want to hear we damn boys. Can't stand it. Um, Cowboys fans I, are actually some of the nicest fans I've ever met. But go ahead. Yeah, I just I, I they're just, just delusional. They're not. They're not. That that's all it is. When I went to the Hall of Fame, it was them, them and 
Steelers fans are actually fairly nice for the most part, too. Colts fans yeah. are the worst by oh, far. No. I'm going to go Packers or Jets all day. You Packers or Jets that? fans? Man. Yeah. You hear J-E-T-S when they're down by 40, and they'll still be chanting J-E-T-S. It's like, okay. They're just delusional, Mike. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Colts fans are like actual grade A a-holes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, and had the nicest quarterback for a while. Well, thank you for the hard hit. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, – Tampa Bay, I mean, you got TB12, and I hate to put Tampa Bay there, but they've had such a – their whole past has just been not good other than the one Gruden year that they had. The Rams, I got them at number two. I put them at number two only because of the fact the Cardinals are undefeated. I mean, that, yeah, I, I think I think y'all. that's it with with all of our lists. Like, if they weren't undefeated, yeah. we can almost say that like they can get beat by one play. Um, because I think if the Rams and Cardinals play each other right now, the Cardinals lose. I'm calling. I'm calling the. I would like to see the Rams. Let's see, Rams and Bills Super Bowl. Yep. Personally, uh, you got the Bills. Great defense, Matt Stafford. It's got to be one of the most underrated quarterbacks that was just on mm-hmm. a horrible team for years. Yep. And that's no fault of his own. I think that has to do with a lot of Detroit's Man. Just organization. I've been saying that for years. Me and Don have been saying that for years. Yeah. Uh, I like I like this top 10. Yours is pretty much interchangeable in mine. I think you had the Packers and the Chargers switch from my list, and I had the Bengals and 10, and you had the Chiefs. So we're pretty much the same list. Um. All right, any final thoughts on Mike's list, Don? No, no. I, I mean, I, I toyed around with the idea of putting the Chiefs at 10 as well. Um, I don't think they're there just yet, but I think they'll be there. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is going to be Patrick Mahomes. They'll get it together. Andy Reid will get it together too. I mean, yeah. they were they were due to have a less than stellar start to their season. I mean, just a natural course of things. It just yep. is what it is. Um. All right, so let's get into our games to watch, and then we'll close out the show, guys. All right. Week seven games to watch. We got the Bengals and the Ravens, a nice AFC North uh, rivalry. Um, yeah. And we'll see what you think. Don, go, go ahead and break us down with the keys to victory. All right, here we go. Uh, I, I like this game. I'll start off with that. I like both teams. So they're playing in Baltimore, M&T Bank Stadium. Capacity crowd will be just over 71,000. Mm-hmm. The early line has the Ravens at a six-and-a-half-point uh, favorites. Bengals are four and two. Their offense is ranked 21st right now with 344-and-a-half yards per game. They average about 24.7 points a game. Bengals defense is ranked eighth, much better than you think, with 331 yards per game, and the defense allows an average of 18 and a half points a game. So as you see, their their games are somewhat close within a touchdown. Yep. Uh, Bengals player stat, um, I do like Jamar Chase. 553 yards, averaging 20 and a half yards per catch, five touchdowns, and their defense – Wait, say that again? So, 20 and a half yards per catch? Yep. That's some college stats. 
<laughs> Madden stats. Yep. <laughs> Craziness. Uh, defense. This is this is what Let's I find stellar. Banger. This is why I'm looking at it. I'm thinking Bengals eight. I know their defense is good, but are they really that good? 14 sacks, five interceptions. Mm. Ravens. Ravens are five and one. Their offense ranked number four. No surprise there. 421.7 yards a game, averaging just over 28 points a game. Their defense, once again, a weird one. You think Ravens' defense is the key. No, they're ranked 18th, giving up 331 yards uh, per game. And they're averaging 20.5 points allowed. Uh, Their wide receiver, 486 yards for Marquise Hollywood-Brown. He's averaging 15.2 a catch and five touchdowns. Now, defense, 14 sacks and four interceptions. So even though their defense is not ranked quite as high, they're still a complete defense. Mm. All right. Thanks for that, Don. And let's go ahead and break down the uh, the quarterbacks here. So it's kind of unusual, but we'll get into Joe Burrow first. After Joe Burrow came off his neck contusion, <laughs> he comes in and, uh, you know, squeaks one out for the uh, the Bengals. Uh, I don't know if you guys seen the, the press conference with Detroit's coach coming out and saying that they play it like crap. <laughs> Joe Burrow was 19 for 29, 271 yards, three touchdowns and one interception with five carries for 20 yards. So, you know, Joe Burrow's got defeaties every once in a while when he wants to. Um, 70, 70% completion percentage for the year, uh, 1,500 yards. Um, and actually, he's having a better statistical season than he did last year. He played 10 games and only threw 13 touchdowns and five interceptions. Do we think that has something to do with Jamar Chase being – being out there most likely um and he's averaging 8.9 yards a throw a completion um which is awesome then you go over to lamar jackson side who's having just a houdini type of season um throwing he's nine and five uh nine touchdowns five interceptions 1600 yards um he's only fumbled one time um while he's dropping back, he's fumbled four times while he's running 392, two touchdowns there. You would think that those numbers would be more impressive than the way that he plays. But like I said, it's about the consistency at this point. His last two games have been really, really good. Um, actually like his last three yep. games have been really, really good. Um, so who would I take out of these two? If you're talking about consistency and completion percentage, who I know that somebody's going to put the ball on the receivers, Joe Burrow, but if you go back to his game log, what's so confusing about him having a 70, uh, 67% completion percentage is he had a game where he had two games where he had an 86 and then he had a 70% completion percentage. But then he had two games where he had a 59 and a 51. So is Lamar Jackson the best thrower yeah. of the football? No. And no. just and just for um just for giggles here. You know, I had to look this up, Don. Our our boy is playing now. He can't. He had his first game out there. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? Rashad Bateman. Oh yes. Rashad Bateman had 
four receptions on six targets for 29 yards. Will he get 30 catches this year? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Let's see. We're already uh, six games into the season, and our yeah. leading receiver, Mark Andrews, has 34 catches, and Marquise Lee has 32 catches. Will he get 30? Will he get 30 catches? Is the real question. We'll see. All right, Big Mike, what's your thoughts on the game before we get our predictions? What you got? Uh, I think I think the Ravens are. I think it's going to be close, but I think the Ravens are just going to be the Ravens at the end of the day. They're just they're going to beat them to death. I think, and it's just going to get. I think Lamar is just going to stay cooler when the pressure gets down to the end, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be one or two. Just really, what were you thinking? Plays, and so then that's g- just going to set the game apart. All right, and Don, what's your predictions? Well, like I said, I, I like the matchup of the two teams. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I got the home team with a Justin Tucker field goal to win it, 34-31. I agree with you on that score as well. Um, I got the Ravens pulling this one out, even though I love Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and what they're doing. Yep. Um, Joe Mixon is having a pretty good season he, so yeah, far as did. well. Yep. Uh, but he's one injury away from <laughs> turning that ship upside down as well. And uh, Mike already gave his prediction with, with the Ravens. So we got a clean sweep on the Ravens this week, boys. This is weird. Right. You know, I'm not a Ravens fan by any means, but I grew up in Columbia, Maryland. That was my hometown. But uh, I don't I'm, f- 50, I'm 50 minutes away. Yep. There, <laughs> there it is. All right, so next game of the week, we got the Buccaneers and the Bears. So there you go, Mike. Got your wife's team. In the- <laughs> Tell her to go upstairs to the bedroom and close the door. <laughs> Listen, she, she's already up there. She's like, I, I'm just, I'm going to let you do you. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I got my food. I'm going upstairs. I was like, all right, love you, bye. But yeah, uh, Bears. What, what else are you going to say? I'm yeah. Say about them. Like, I, you, you you want to pull for him. You want him to win because Justin Fields, you want him to do good. But Nagy, 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 just get out of there. Hey, Don, <laughs> you know where Matt Nagy's from? Where's he from? Mannheim. Oh, really? Yeah. How about so, that? So there's a, there's a restaurant that her dad goes to to play music trivia. Heather's dad goes to play music yeah. trivia. He goes there like a couple nights a week or whatever. And we usually right. like when we go up there, we'll we go to this restaurant too. It's called uh the Cat's Cradle. Gotcha. And um I, I believe that's what it's called. Cat's Cradle. Cat's no it's the Cat's Meow or something. It's it's like a old speakeasy like restaurant. Um kind of like a hole in the wall place. But you go up there and you go towards the bar section and there's a Mannheim jersey of Matt Nagy's when he used to play there. But he sucks. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> he's not he's not good. It, it makes what you wonder it? how uh, Mitch Trubisky. Everybody said that he was bad, but he literally, <laughs> you know, was in that offense and took him to the playoffs. But Don, what's your I mean, uh, what's your thoughts on the game? Or did you want me to go through my quarterbacks first while you while you're googling that? <laughs> no, go ahead, man. All right, so our quarterbacks for this game. Uh, as long as nothing crazy happens, we got Justin Fields, uh, you know, playing for the Bears. Now, to be honest, I mean, is it really is it really his fault? I mean, can can we really say that this is really riding on Justin Fields' shoulders? 
Nah, his stats: fifty-three percent completion percentage, um, six hundred thirty-two yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, rushing twenty-six rushes, one hundred and two yards, and one touchdown. Not great by any stretch of the imagination. But like I said, I don't think this is all his fault. This is one of the situations where you really have to look back. And can you? And and again, can we really say Mitch Trubisky was that bad? <laughs> let's let's be real. Because if Josh Allen got hurt right now, do you think Josh Allen could become a beast? Or did you think Mitch Trubisky could become a beast in that offense? For three games till Josh Allen got back. Exactly. I I'm I'm on the Mitch Trubisky train of thinking that he wasn't as terrible as people thought he was. That nah. Matt Nagy is is cheeks, man. All right, so that's a breakdown for Justin Fields. All right, so then we go on over to Aaron Rodgers. After that lackluster performance, his very first game where everybody thought he was throwing. <laughs> oh, he's throwing, he's throwing in the towel, right? Uh, you know he's he's come and had some pretty good games. Uh, you know. Throwing for 255, 261, 248, 344, and 195 last game. He's only thrown since his first week one interception. Remember, his first week he threw two with no no touchdowns. He's only thrown one, and that was against the Bengals uh, up to this point. So right now he's got 12 touchdowns, three interceptions, 66% completion percentage. Looking very uh, Aaron Rodgers-esque right now. <laughs> if he was playing that first game like he was supposed to, he probably wouldn't have thrown any interceptions against New Orleans. But that's neither here nor there. Better quarterback in this situation? You'd be stupid not to say that is Aaron Rodgers at this point in time. But let's... Uh, I, I think, you know, at the end of the day... Oh, why am I talking about Aaron Rodgers? Oh, my gosh. He's got the number 12. I'm reflecting on last week's game. <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm reflecting on last week's game. Sorry, guys. No, nah, yeah, I was just getting ready to send you a message. I'm like, we're talking this week, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we're talking this week. Sorry. I'm, I'm all over the place. But, uh, yeah, Aaron Aaron Rodgers uh, did his thing against him. I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. But we're talking about the other 12 Tom Brady's. Um, so, yeah, Tom Brady's doing his thing, man. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, this dude does not age. He's like, he's got the super soldier serum and uh, whatever's going on. The next Captain America, you know, he came out of a, a, a vat of ice. Dude's throwing over 2,000 yards at this point in time. 2,000 yards on the season. We're only six weeks in. Okay. Uh, let's just go over his last couple games here, man. Um, you know, last week they played the Eagles. Sorry, Don. And that no was a surprise, man. Yes, yeah, so, so sorry about that Thursday night loss, but he's he's 17 touchdowns, three interceptions, um, doing very well, 2,000 yards, 68% completion percentage. Um, he's taken nine sacks of, you know, over over six games at this point. That's not bad. Uh, his line is protecting him, but we know how Tom Brady gets when his line is not <laughs> protecting him. But one thing I want to throw out there this year, he's rushed for 37 yards. <laughs> did you hear about did you hear about the bet with him that if he got like over three yards or, so, or over two yards that you could have won like a certain amount of money i forget what the spread was but 
He literally nailed the ball down and had negative one yards or something like that. And it totally screwed a lot of people up because of that one nil down. So this is why I don't bet. I don't like losing money like yeah. that. <laughs> um, but yeah, out of the two quarterbacks, definitely going to go Tom Brady's side for sure. Gotcha. Um, all right, Don, give me your keys to victory, sir. Okay, here are the numbers. They're playing at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. Uh, 65,890 capacity, early line. Has the Bucks twelve and a half point favorites? Nice. Uh, Bears offense. Unfortunately, they're ranked thirty second, two hundred forty six point two yards per game, and they average six, just a little over sixteen points a game. On the flip side, their defense is ranked number seven, three hundred thirty yards per game, average twenty points allowed. But are you ready for their player stat? I could not pick one player for a stat, so I picked the team defense. 21 sacks, four interceptions. Mm. I was impressed. Yep. Tampa Bay, 5-1. and one. Offense is ranked number three, putting up 426 yards a game, averaging 32.5 points a game. Their defense is ranked number nine, giving up 335 yards a game. They allow 24 points a game. Uh, player stats didn't really pin down any one receiver or running back that catches a pass, but six different players totaling 17 passing touchdowns. Their defense has 12 sacks and seven interceptions. Mm, Nice. Well, predictions, boys. Don, who you got? I think this is going to be pretty easy. (laughs) Yeah, I got Tampa Bay, uh, but I don't think they're going to – I don't think they're going to embarrass them. Uh, 30-13. 30-13? Yeah. I, I don't know if I have it that close, but uh, I got it to... Should, it could be a lot worse. <laughs> I think it's going to get a lot worse. I think, I think the Bucks pull it out, and um, I, will, I will go out on a limb and say that the Bears don't even score on the Buccaneers this week. And I think it's I think it's like 35-0. Literally. I think I think Blaine Gabbert comes in there and throws a touchdown pass against <laughs> Oh man. Mike, who you got? Listen, as much as I want the Bears to win, um I'm calling 31-14 Bucks. Mm. Yeah, this might be the week when you take, uh, if you have any of Tampa's running backs, they might get some running yards uh, this game. Yep. All right, guys. Well, sorry about the long show, but we had to get through the superlatives this week. It was a NCAA heavy, heavy, heavy show this week. Um, hey, Cottrell, thanks for stopping in, man. Uh, yes, I am the one in your five and one. Yes, yep. sir. <laughs> we were we were going to um <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Don, Don's funny, man. 
thanks for giving him his first loss of the season in our fantasy league. Yes. <laughs> um, I know we wanted to get into some other news, but real quick, just, just our thoughts on Zach Ertz now being a Cardinal real quick. Hey, yeah, it um, amazing for the Cardinals. Uh, veteran presence and another outlet for the quarterback. Couldn't be any better for Zach Ertz. He's on an undefeated team. He might be looking at another ring. Yeah. Well, so you, you got to look. He was playing second. Who was who's that starting tight end for Philly? Dallas now? Goddard. Yeah. So he was he was playing second. He was the old veteran guy that was playing second fiddle to him. He I'm had two right. good games though, because Dallas yeah, Goddard right. was not he, healthy for the one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think I think with that, he pretty much sold himself for the Cardinals. And what was funny is they were talking about that like it was a rumor coming out that one of them were going to be traded this week. And then it was like Zach Ertz was traded to the Cardinals, and it was like, whoa. So, um, But, yeah, I think Zach's going to be a good fit there. I like the fact that he was so emotional about leaving Philly. Um, he he truly loved the city. He loved the team. And, you know, I didn't think he really wanted to go anywhere else. But it, it's got to be it's got to be super overwhelming knowing that you're going to a team that has so much promise. And it's like, again, yep. another veteran piece to that puzzle Yep. So, um, what's what's the Titans' name? Max. Um, ah, uh, man, what's his name? Why am I drawing a that, blank? For some reason, I'm thinking Williams, but no, it's not Williams. Um, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's Max Williams. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, when Max Williams got hurt, this is just another veteran that's going to help him get to the spot that he has to get in. Zach Ertz was known as one of the best tight ends in the league, man. Yeah. Um, and. He's going to be awesome, uh, and I can't wait to see him uh, thrive with the Cardinals and maybe going to get himself a, a second ring here. Yeah. Um, and then real quick on David Baker just suddenly retiring, man, out of the blue. I was glad I got to go to the Hall of Fame this year <laughs> to see to see man. my boy, but, you know, who knows yeah, what it won't, situation won't be this the is. Same, won't be the same without him, but, oh, what a job to have, huh? That would have been one of the most fun jobs ever. I know, man. Tell me about it. You're changing people's lives. Uh, But like a super nice guy from what everybody says, you know. Yeah. I always get emotional watching the videos of him knocking on the door. And he looks you straight in the eyes. Oh, I know, man. Looks you straight in the eyes as he shakes your hand and tells you, thank you for everything that you've done for the game of football and everything that you're going to continue to do. Yep. Welcome to the Hall of Fame. Uh, and thank you for your contributions to the sport itself, man. That's that's crazy. I get emotional. I feel like I'm in the Hall of Fame, man. <laughs> After I re- when I retire, I want David Baker to tell me that I'm in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> tell he's very a very humble person. Oh yeah, sure. yeah, he's very grateful very for his genuine. job. Yeah, yep. very grateful for his job. But uh, guys, it's been a fun one. Big Mike, thank you for coming on. And, Thanks, and Mike, yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It, it was a it was a fun show this week, and uh, hopefully, we will have to get you back when we do the the NFL superlatives, like we were going to do this time. But it's not halfway through the season Let's yet. Do it. All right, Let's guys. Do it. Well, we'll uh, we will catch you next week. This has been episode thirty nine. Don, you didn't have any lists for us this week, right? No list. Uh, who's number thirty nine on the Steelers? Uh. Babe. Hey, the only, <laughs> the only 39 I could think of was Miami Dolphins, Larry Zonka. Ah, uh, man. Larry Zonka. Yeah. Okay. Richard Mendenhall. Let's see. Was he 39 or am I thinking about the, uh, it was one of these dudes that was number 39. 
Was it Rashard Mendenhall? No, he was 34. Who was the other running back during the Super Bowl? Short guy. Super Bowl, Steelers, running back. This is going to kill me. I can't close the <laughs> shot without without this. Who is who's this? I found his number. But who is that guy? Turn around. <laughs> who, who is this guy? What year is you talking about? Super Bowl, the year that they played against the Cardinals. Ah, man. Number 39, Steelers, running back. (laughs) Jeez, I can't close out the show like this without knowing the guy's name. Fitzpatrick. No, Willie Parker. There we go. Willie Parker. 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 All right. We can close the show out now. Thanks, (laughs) Willie Parker, for episode 39. (laughs) We'll catch you next week. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the East Coast Gridiron Podcast. Find us on all your favorite music and podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For all the latest news and updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by going to eastcoastgridiron.com. 